so Chris has just landed in LAX, and I'm on my way to pick him up for our trip down to San Diego Comic-Con. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great, like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to our annual Comic-Con International Recap Episode, live, right now at least, from California. And from my place, Chris is here. I'm here. He's right in front of me. I'm looking at him. It's kind of weird. I am in his closet. (laughs) Usually, I was when we were setting up, I was telling him, I was like, usually I'm staring directly to my computer monitor, and it's weird because we don't have Skype open, I don't have earbuds in, and you're sitting here at this little table with me. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's all very strange, but for all for the best reasons. Oh, it's this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, we don't have to worry about a delay or the internet going out. Everything's just right here. And I'm gonna re- I'm gonna edit this as soon as we're done <laughs> because I'm leaving at four in the morning to go back to the Midwest. Yeah, your your time schedule is is crazy, and it 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 showed while we were down at Comic Con because you were three hours off, which was advantageous for certain panels, but disadvantageous dis disadvantage it was a disadvantage to you because your meal schedule was totally off so you would want to eat at the times when we wanted to be in panels and so we've kept you fed yeah. with cliff bars and you tried soylent and yep. you tried different hamburgers while you're out here oh, you yeah. went on a burger journey well i think that's the that's the most important thing here uh, i was <laughs> doing my regional hamburger stop starting with white castle yes. in my hometown uh, going directly to Dallas for Whataburger. That was during your layover. One of your one of your many layovers. One of, one of the two. Uh, the other one was in Albuquerque, but I didn't have to get off the plane, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what was the first thing we did? Um, we came back here, but what did I have? The f- first we, we, we tried uh, Shake Shack. Shake Shack, which is actually an East Coast burger, but we happened to have them out here in LA, yep. so you were able to get that out of the way. Yeah, that was. I mean. Um, I think there was something else, too. I just don't remember what. Oh, the taco truck. We had the taco yeah, truck. Yeah, the taco the truck. That was delicious. Not really part of the burger journey, but yeah. it was authentically Los Angeles and uh, Southern California. Yeah, right off an airplane. Get those tacos. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're getting tacos first before I'm taking you back to my place. Yeah, uh, and then... Um, and then finally, today was was the in and out journey. So. Yeah, and you might you might hear uh, Chris uh, struggling a little bit on this uh, podcast as he tends to his uh, skin because oh, he Lord. was dealing with a new type of sun out here in Southern California. Uh, if you're familiar with the Midwest, there's a, a thing out there called humidity, which uh, triggers the human body to go. Uh, you do not need to be outside right now. This is dangerous. Go back indoors. Whereas out here, you can be under the sun all day and actually technically not even really sweat. So it was mm-hmm. beautiful weather down in, in San Diego, but uh, Chris unfortunately has uh, felt the the scourge of the sun, so uh, he he might be uh, ailing during this podcast. Oh yeah, it it um like I said, Cheryl Crow sang this song. I'm gonna soak up the sun, <laughs> and by God, I have soaked up all the California sun I could this week. Yeah, and if you, if you can tell, we we got lots of anecdotes and stories uh, from Comic Con coming up because uh-huh. usually our normal uh, annual uh, Comic Con wrap up episodes is me coming back from the convention, doing my best to describe Chris what this convention is like, what the scale is, what San Diego in general is like, how it just take over, it just takes over the whole town. But he got to come with me this mm-hmm. year, so you got a little extra insight. This 
this year to where we were both there. It's Chris's first time, but as you all know, he's a he's a con professional and aficionado. He knows probably he has he has more con experience in general than I do. I've just gone to the one many times. He's been to very small ones, very mm-hmm. very now possibly the very the, the largest one yeah. unless there's one like I don't know in India or China that I can't I can't imagine uh, yeah. but for comic cons this one I think is fair to say the biggest so mm-hmm. I've been waiting weeks and months ever since I found out that Chris was coming so uh, what do we start this off like a review episode for a movie Chris to tell me what you thought oh. I guess spoilers included about San Diego Comic Con yeah so uh, San Diego Comic Con, he's at a loss for it's a big weekend there's it a is. lot going on so we we we, we traveled down to say we went with our friend quentin parker mm-hmm. friend uh, of the show usually is how we describe yes. him uh so we drove down in his tracker yeah. um so now mind you san diego is not a hop skip and a jump away no it's a little bit of a drive and uh we we loaded up in the middle in the morning first yeah, thing in the morning very early down. in the morning we hit no traffic traffic wasn't bad but the the tracker is a very unique experience <laughs> It's an older vehicle um, that has no air conditioning. Yes. Uh, has one of the older school radios you buy at a Walmart yeah. and pop in the it, dashboard. It, it's like if you don't go through the settings of this of, of this faceplate, it just does the rainbow effect of going through all the LED colors. <laughs> um, and, um, and and we've got like all of our luggage in the back for this week and just us just riding down. I don't think we listened to the radio once well, the whole week. Yeah, because we realized like we wanted to have a conversation, but we had to have the windows down. So it, it was like... <laughs> It was it was pretty hilarious. I think you described it as being back a kid again or g- yeah. jumping in somebody's like beater car that just doesn't have AC. I mean, no no shame towards uh, Quentin. Well, that was ju- that was just the vehicle that we had available because my car is very tiny and we couldn't fit three people comfortably. So the process of elimination got us to the tracker. But uh, it got us down there safe, even though oh, yeah. he uh, told us a precarious situation where he was dealing with tie rods, like <laughs> the day before that we got in this car. But it all worked out great. So yeah. special shout out to uh, to Quentin for getting us to the con. Very important task. So we we get there, we go to the hotel, we we park the car, leave the luggage, get immediately on the shuttles. Which I have to say, I told Mike a bunch of times, the shuttles are very nice, very timely, very clean. And we never had to wait for the next one. Yeah, like it was very just like go 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 yeah, go. This is like if you're in a if you're in a city with transportation, like even like subway trains. You know, if you just happen to miss one, you could be waiting around. If 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 it's late enough, like twenty or thirty minutes for the next train. But they are very like I would say they're very militant about these. Uh, um, I would say the 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 best trained people at the con are the people that drive these shuttles. They're just on the route all the time, so it makes these hotels that are kind of on the outskirts of downtown uh, more viable. So. Uh, uh, it, it, yeah, it yeah. worked. It worked out great. And 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 we literally just went right down in the hall, and boom, there it is, a large convention center. <laughs> you can't tell by looking at it how big it is. Yeah, but it is long. <laughs> uh, it is a long, long thing. So we go in there, we walk in, we follow up, zip zag all around this building. I think we walked upstairs at one end had to go all the way down to the other to get our badges and bags mm-hmm. and if you didn't know this they give out random bags uh with different prints on the back mm-hmm. and you'd see people with i saw swamp thing and uh i ended up with a, a, a muppet version of legends of tomorrow <laughs> yeah i i got uh wa- the watchman, watchman one, yeah yeah we all uh i had the watchman originally uh and then i was able to swap it out with some people because the bag swaps are a thing there yeah uh, is that something that you've experienced like at bigger cons where people get like merch and they're on twitter trying to hot swap with like strangers uh usually like 
like more like the other ones are like pins or something like that. So you don't give out bags like this. Mm-hmm. Like the other ones, uh, usually a vendor will do that. Like my last one I did, there was a Geico mm-hmm. thing where they give out the bags, but like they're usually it's all the same thing, just mass produced that everybody gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get our bags, and then we're like, you know what? We got our bags. Let's go try for the biggest thing in the convention, <laughs> Hall H. Yes. Uh, so we go to the Hall H. We walk through, and there's not a line, really. It's just a bunch of tenant areas that yeah. we can zigzag back and forth. Yeah, we were, we were really lucky because Thursday's a little bit of a unique experience because it's a con that technically starts Wednesday night if you're lucky enough to get there early enough, but really the flagship day is Thursday. But it's it's a Thursday, like a Thursday the same every other city in the country. Uh, there's there's people off work. Uh, there's people not. There's people that have to go to work. So it's a little bit of a lighter con. And mm. the scheduling for Hall H wasn't, wasn't too intense. It wasn't too mm. crazy on Thursday. So we just said, kind of, fuck it. Let's try. And we just were essentially able to, what people say, walk right on in. Like yeah. we had to wait a little bit. But yeah, we were able to get right into uh, Hall H, which was unique for me too, because I've been going to this con for maybe like seven or eight years in a row now, and I've always avoided Hall H because there's a there's a just a looming there's just a looming uh, just a specter that uh, that just floats over that line that Chris will tell well, you no, about no, here no, momentarily so, later. <laughs> so we walk through this, and we have to wait maybe what five minutes. Yeah. Um, we've got this lovely British guy next to us who does not know how to apply sunscreen <laughs> yeah. uh, and got it in his eye. So he's like crying tears, like involuntarily. Yeah, he's just like, I just want to see this Batman Beyond panel so bad. <laughs> uh, so we can walk in and it's at the end of uh, Terminator. Uh, yeah. we dark, dark Fate. Dark Fate, the new mm-hmm. one. And we didn't know what's going on. But up there they've got, you know, Sarah Connor. They've got uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, James Cameron, the director, Rob Miller. Mm-hmm. And they're literally, it's pitch black and they... They're showing the end of the footage, so mm-hmm. we see in. So they're there, and like he's like, then Robbie like, like bring the fucking footage back, and, yeah. and then like literally verbatim. And so we got to see the whole trailer again. Yeah, which was great because we walked in in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, so we got to see that, which I think was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know exactly. Um if it's out there online yet, I don't think we even bothered to check because we saw it firsthand ourselves. Yeah. But uh, I believe we were treated maybe exclusively to an extended scene, and then maybe it le- led into like the the trailer proper. Um, no, it's a, uh, it looks like it's out. Okay. Yeah. So you can go out there and check it out. So that that was a unique experience. Like that's something that you usually have to work a little harder to get at Comic Con is get right there with big celebrities. Like I think you leaned over to me and you're like, "That's Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> up there," because the Hall H is huge and we yeah. were sitting in the back, of course, because we 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 got there late. Uh, but luckily, I mean, this is these are basically like sports stadiums to where there's like cameras and there's jumbotrons inside of these gigantic halls. So like we had to wait for them to zoom in so we could see the panel up there. So I was like, oh, if I squint, I think that kind of looks like Arnold's meaty head. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they have three large television – or not television, I guess projector screens yeah. in the back. And you can see – if you're close enough to those, you can see just like you're up front. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. So uh, then uh, the screen goes black. And then uh, since uh, we just saw on the center, next thing you know, Conan O'Brien bursts on stage. Yeah. Which was, out of nowhere. Which was a shocker because I, I thought it was a Terminator panel. But actually, it was a broader, like, Paramount panel. It, it, it was yeah. Terminator, which is brought by Paramount. Yeah. However, Paramount decided, hey, I don't want to buy a second panel <laughs> for a, a couple minutes. So Conan's going on. He's, he's hyping this up. Next thing you know, he brings out Tom Cruise out yes. of nowhere, left field. Yeah, which is it's pretty crazy knowing that you could technically be breathing the same air as Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. Uh, and then, you know, he, Tom Cruise is talking. And I'm like, what Tom Cruise's movie's coming out? Yeah. 
Top Gun Maverick, the mm-hmm. sequel to Top Gun, which was what thirty years ago now. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't know if it was intentional or if it just happened to come along the timeline of production and a trailer was going to be coming soon. But I had totally forgotten because it it had been a while since I've uh, seen Top Gun. But it it was set in San Diego, so since the movie was made a little bit ago before all these tax credits, there's a good chance it was probably maybe entirely shot in San Diego. So there was a bit of emotional connection to where uh, to where the con was. So we got to see the trailer, which is pretty cool. Usually we wouldn't talk yeah. about it on the show, but since it's in the context of being at Comic-Con, well, uh, we got to see it. <laughs> this, this is all part of my review. I just want to, I want to, oh. actually, this is still all part of my review. I'm not just <laughs> recapping this. So we get done with this. We see that. Then we get to sit, we move around because, you know, people are leaving the panel mm-hmm. for Terminator. They don't want to see Batman Beyond. So we got to see the Batman Beyond panel. We got we, to improve our seats. We moved up a yeah, little bit. After yeah, right in front left. of a screen. And yeah. yeah, it was great. We didn't have to lean back or tilt up anything. That was awesome. And then we waited a little bit longer. We got the Marvel uh, video games panel. Uh-huh. So we got to see the world uh, first footage of uh, Marvel's Avengers game coming out next mm. year. I saw some of it. Uh, some of it leaked on Reddit, and it was the, one of the weirder times where it's like, "Oh, I was there!" Like yeah. this is the one time where I'm seeing leak, leak footage, but I got it firsthand before I see it come out online. Yeah, and then we we leave, and then we hit the show floor. We we just kind of hang around a little bit. I mean, after like by the time we got out of there, it was about to close up because they close up at like six or seven on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, the the show the show floor closes around like six thirty seven o'clock. I think maybe it extends more on the weekend, but usually if you still want to check out panels, like you can still go into the panel room. Mm-hmm. But the show floor proper um, has its own kind of rules. So. Chris, what did you think about the show floor? This was the biggest thing that I kind of was waiting for you to, yeah. to, to, to remark on because the sheer size of it is what really struck me the first time that I saw it because I feel like once you get about halfway through it, you think you saw it all, but then all of a sudden you realize you you're only saw half of it and there's like twice as much. Yeah, I, well, and, and that's exactly what it is. So I'm used to a very large floor. Uh, mm-hmm. C2E2 has a very, very large floor. However, the... C2E2 has that, that, that San Diego doesn't is it's a square floor. Yeah. San Diego is a long rectangular floor. So I was judging by these concrete columns mm-hmm. and archers. Archers like, oh, that's like, you know, the end of it or that's, a, you know, the, a, a halfway point. No, that's like a quarter <laughs> or an eighth of the distance I thought I'd gone. So I'm like, oh. Shit, yeah. I got a lot longer to go to get to where I need to be. So we just keep walk. I just kept walking and walking. So the floor is huge and, and it's so densely packed. Saturday was the worst to traverse this floor. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, kids with, I mean, the worst part is people who meander mm-hmm. or uh, have strollers. Uh, those are the biggest things. Um, line management's pretty pretty good. They they keep a good eye on the line management. Yeah, for the, the for the most part. Uh, it, it's it's definitely intimidating though if you don't know exactly what you want to do. For example, Nickelodeon had a really cool booth there. They had like a this gigantic like uh Life Mr. Krabs size, uh, um Kavi Patty or whatever, Krusty Krab, Krusty Krab, yeah, and then they had a chum bucket. So they had a, they had a really cool uh, they had a really cool uh, setup down there on the show floor. But uh, you can't just kind of like uh, casually walk up and buy merch from them. Uh, somebody will tell you, no, 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 the line's over there against the wall, and it's already like wrapped around twice. Yeah. So it, it can be a little bit shocking. But you know, you kind of start to realize like everybody there is a nerd, and they all want the same stuff that you want. So it's a little bit of a battle. It, it is. So I mean, in terms of the floor, the floor is uh, so long. It's not very wide it's just long yeah and and it's very dense they they do not waste any space there's yeah. no empty space there's no waiting space there's no lingering space <laughs> if you're not moving they tell you to move yes uh or if you're not in a the line they'll tell you to move so you don't get to stop anywhere 
if you're stopping, they want you out or in like a, a lounge area. Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. ta- with ta- uh, just a few lounge areas they have with tables and chairs. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so in terms of the amount of content there, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting there at 5.36 right before they close was great because we could move around pretty quick. We yeah. moved very quickly, mm-hmm. but you couldn't get anything if you want to get anything that late in the day. Yeah, some of the more independent booths, like people just there on their own, like selling their wares or just their uh, comic books or drawing stuff, they want to go check out the con. They want to go check out the downtown area. So I was there on, I think, Saturday night just before the floor was closing, and I was like, oh, there's this artist. Oh, no, they left already. They, they, they covered their stuff. They're ready to go out and enjoy the con also. Yeah, so, I mean, the floor is huge and, and ginormous, but a lot of it, to be completely honest with you, is stuff I've seen at C2E2. Mm-hmm. Um, proper. Uh, you know, get your Marvel booth. It's mm-hmm. the same people running that booth that's doing the one in C2E2. It, is it the same layout of the booth? Because I've always wondered. Yes. Actually, they have more space at C2E2. Marvel's I, bigger. That's what I would imagine because these booths, they can only get so large. Like, Marvel has all the money in the world. They they could buy as much booth as they wanted, but they, they are limited literally by space of the floor. So every time I've gone by it every year, it's always been packed. If you're not on their, like, special red carpet, uh, they, they push you off of it. And it's always there's always tons of stuff going on. There's a giant tower that overlooks, and I I, w- I would always imagine this was just maybe in a less busy con. Maybe I could actually get into it, but you, we couldn't even get into it when they yeah. were doing giveaways that one. We, night. Yeah, we <laughs> couldn't get into it. So the one at C two E two and is my experience is like me and Brian have actually got to hold the the props and get our photos on the stages because uh-huh. no one's around. Yeah. So that's, that's the 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 amount of people, no matter when, is still very full. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but some of the booths, uh, some of the content was the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the show floor is fantastic. It's, it's truly an experience in and of itself, especially with literally, uh, we're not figure people, you and I, we're doing mm-hmm. by statues, but the amount of toys and statues and figures there they had on display, mind blowing. Yeah, it's great. Even if you don't, even if you're somebody that has a tight wallet, I think it's just fun going and looking at this stuff. Uh, it was like Gundam's. 30th or 40th? 40, Gundam's 40th anniversary was this year. Yeah, yeah and they had uh, just, uh, I'll, I'll use kind of, I guess, a, uh, an industry term, activations. They had like 18 activations like over the entire uh, Comic-Con experience. They had stuff outside. They had stuff on like local businesses that they took over. They had like four things yeah. on the show floor. They had uh, they had like panels. So. If you like Gundam, <laughs> by God, you should have been there. Yeah, it was the year to go. My, my favorite thing was, uh, if, if you're familiar out there with like building Gundams and the little kits with the snap-together plaque, plastic pieces they did something very similar for uh two characters in the digimon movies that came out in the 2000s and i was just like i took some pictures and i was like oh man these aren't even for sale here they were just for pre-order you had to like scan a qr code i told chris if these were here right now i would buy them because i I, walked out i love these characters and it's so obscure this is the great thing about it because like digimon has always been competing competing with pokemon so it's always been a little bit more niche but you're at comic-con so people out there love digimon and they know what you're talking about but also these are figures from a digimon movie which i would say has a has a uh, 20 years old yeah yeah. you know like the the series is more popular i would say or it has had more eyes than the movie so it's just like this is the thing i love about comic-con where you get to find all these little exclusives and see it in person it's just great yeah it's fantastic uh so that that evening uh we went um out on the street we went to to dinner with people mm-hmm. shout outs to people we met this yes this is real fast i uh, me and mike have a mutual friend uh pan mm-hmm. uh we did not know him we knew each other until later mike mm-hmm. met him one way at college i met him through another person um they have a, a group of people they go to conventions with mm-hmm. um so shout out to not only pan but trisha 
Jackie and Tyler uh-huh. we met there as well. Uh, Trisha and Jackie are big cosplayers. Well, they yeah. all cosplay, uh, but they they they're doing cosplay. And Tyler's thirtieth birthday was this weekend. Yeah, so, what a, what a weekend! Have your thirtieth birthday. So we had dinner with them that that evening at a uh, Irish restaurant mm-hmm. uh, because what's San Diego food? I don't I don't know what that. Well, was. I mean, what's Irish food? What, what pairs better with Irish food, Chris, than uh, a mai tai? So oh yeah yeah I, I did have I did have, <laughs> uh, my. Uh, I'm known to have fruity drinks with my my dinner, so I had that. What what did the what did the waitress say when she, she came out and delivered the mai tai? She came up to me and said, "Who the fuck ordered the mai tai?" <laughs> because she's looking at the girls, and I'm like, "No, it was me." <laughs> if if you can't tell by now, this podcast is going to be a little longer than our normal ones, but I think it's it's rightly so. I don't often get Chris here right in front of me, yeah. so I just hope you're buckled in. You know, but t- press pause, take a break if you need to, because we got a lot to cover here. And, and the news is still coming. Uh, yeah, the news is still coming i mean uh you'll hear it here in a moment but we we have never been five bullet points deep in <laughs> one single topic so we got a lot to we got a lot to go here but chris you you brought up you brought up cosplay here um and there, there's great cosplayers all over the country because that's the great thing about cosplay it's it, it's just it's home it's just homegrown creativity you don't need to be in big markets to be great at cosplay i follow quite a few cosplayers on instagram actually because i just think it's a really cool art and they're from all over the place uh but did you see a different type of caliber at San Diego maybe it was just the the volume you just got a chance to see more of it to be honest I saw less I saw less cosplay in here than I do at C2E2 mm-hmm. because the problem is, as we noticed with one cosplay, I don't know if you know Pam was there, this lady had these large wings with feathers. Mm-hmm. You can't take big cosplay in this because you're going to get bumped up against, yes. it's going to get broken, it's going to get torn. If you want, if you are good to like dress up like just a regular outfit or a costume, mm-hmm. uh, Trisha and um, Jackie did uh, Kim Possible mm-hmm. with Kim and Ron, uh, when it, which is pretty easy. You don't yeah. take up a lot of space, mm-hmm. just go with it. Um, that's easy, but like for if you have like big, you know, molded 3D printed stuff, you're not going on the convention floor in that because it, it will get tore up. Yeah, and also just uh, if you're not lucky enough to get a downtown hotel, it's just a whole lot to manage because you can't quickly go take it off. But uh, you've expressed interest in possibly coming back in the future, and when you do, there's other facets that I'd love to show you because they do a thing called the whole they call it a masquerade ball at Comic Con where people actually get a chance to kind of strut their stuff on a stage. Yeah. I think they have like maybe like 30 or 60 seconds to kind of like do like kind of a little skit with some music and then people vote on who their favorites were and that's really when the really highly talented stuff comes out like people turn their their hobby into careers at this masquerade event but we were just like so busy you just literally can't hit everything well i forgot that first that we actually went to the great debate in the sci-fi panel Mm -hmm. that was what our afternoon ended with and it was aisha taylor uh Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, uh, hosting this great debate with a bunch of comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what was it? Um, Th- uh, Th- Thomas Lennon. Lennon uh, uh, who was in Reno 911. Yes. Then Reno 911. Uh, beside him was uh, Felicia Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, three other people that we didn't really know. But by they, God, were, they were the funniest people yeah, there. But they were so funny that while we were doing it, we were just Googling them. And like one guy uh, runs a very, very well-known podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me. And forgive us for not knowing his name, but yeah. go, go go look him up. He, he was hilarious. An- another woman next to, to him, she I looked her up. She's a writer on Broad City. Yeah. So she, she was just hilarious. And uh, the other woman, she was a... She was like a, a well-known nerd journalist that was animated in the latest Wreck-It Ralph yeah, movie. Yeah, she was one of the she, Disney princess Yeah, she, she had like a, a cameo. So yeah, just a great panel. And Aisha Tyler was just hilarious. And I don't know if you had gone to panels before at like C2E2 with the, uh, the call and response from the yeah, crowd. We, 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 well, we have those, but it's more like, yay. But they actually gave us thumbs up and thumbs down cards that look like big mm-hmm. fans. And we had to take them in there. And so they 
kind of like movie fights. They they pitch here's pick these two characters. They pick two of the panelists mm-hmm. and they go. Um, the funniest thing, and I will never forget this for the rest of my life, is that Han Solo is a middle-aged man living in his car who talks to his dog. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, she's really right on that. Yeah, it's just, uh, they just, some great insights, and, uh, it, man, it's just a great panel. I would have forgot about it if, uh, Pan, who we, uh, yeah. were down, were down there with, uh, reminded us that that was a thing, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, great panel, like, the panels are such a variety, like, you didn't have, a, you didn't have the best chance to go check out, uh, some of the littler things, because, as we'll say here in a moment, yeah. you're really, really very busy one of these days, but uh, I, I, of course, returned to one of my favorite panels, which you got to see a little bit of, actually, was Quick Draw, yeah. which is a panel just uh, staffed with the three, like, basically masters of their craft of, I would say they're the world's pro- possibly best doodlers, if you will. So they take a prompt, uh, they take a prompt from their moderator of, like, what were what were you doing 50 years ago? Because this year was the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con. So we'll ask them, like, draw what you were doing 50 years ago. And it was actually really interesting, because usually they just draw something funny, but they actually, all of those people up there were at some of the very first Comic-Cons. They were remarking mm-hmm. about how it was just in a little tiny hotel. I think it was called the Cortez or the or the yeah. Cortez, like a small hotel. And one of them was like walking around in a peanut butter costume. So it was interesting to get that angle of how much it's evolved over over the years, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, follow, following up with that, I mean... It, the first day after dinner, we, we walked up and down the street. We got solicited by prostitutes. It was quite the adventure. We had a drink. I ran into a listener of the show, Victor uh, Dandridge. He was mm-hmm. sitting there at a pizza joint. I just looked over. Uh, that's also the night we saw Frank Miller. Yeah. Comic legend Frank Miller walking out of a restaurant lighting a cigarette. Yeah. I've got a photo of that on my phone. And, and like, just <laughs> this whole first day, mind blowing. Mind blowing experience. Now, day two, no. <laughs> uh, this is my part of my day one was awesome. Day two was probably one of the most disheartening days I've yeah, ever all right. had in my life. All right, let's let's get into it, Chris. Why are you so sunburnt? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so sunburnt because I went at 1.30 p.m. to stand in line for the next day, Saturday, Hall H line. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 5,500 to 6,000 t- uh, wristbands they give out mm-hmm. at 8.45 p.m. At 11.45 p.m., they get to the point not 50 feet in front of me. And they're, they're out. Mm-hmm. And once they're out of wristbands, you don't get to go in. Um, now, I did not... Most of the line is actually in the shade. Mm-hmm. Where they put the line, they had shade and everything. Where I was in line, and I, I wasn't going to leave my line to go get something, because once you're in line, you don't want to give up that spot. Because yeah. five, ten people can make a difference. Uh, is the middle of a basketball court. <laughs> now, if, if you have never been to a basketball court, you will know there is nothing overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sit down. I make friends around. We had a really good group of people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I sat there from one thirty till 11.30 or later p.m. Hoping to get in this. Now, there was a line fiasco. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of this, when they started the Hall H bands, they did not police the line and, like, who was there. People just ran up, grabbed wristbands, mm-hmm. got scanned, and went in. If they hadn't done that, I would have been sitting in... Hall H all day Mm -hmm. Saturday to do everything. However, I did not. Uh, Pan, my friend, uh, Pan, he stood with me for most of the afternoon. Mike Mm -hmm. went and purchased me an umbrella. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't want our boy melting. (laughs) Um, uh, So I have... um, it's not severe burn. It looks bad. Yeah. But I'm not blistered. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I didn't get heat stroke. I didn't mm-hmm. get, I'm not sick from the sunburn poisoning. It just, 
where it is on my legs is very painful right now. Uh, uh, the, he did it for you guys. He was out yeah. there in the sun. He was trying to get into Hall H. Uh, I mean, I, one thing that I can remark on that you brought up is you made friends on that basketball court. And I think that's one of the best things about the con is everybody there is pretty much there for the same reason of just wanting to geek out about something that they love, which makes it incredibly easy just to talk to people. You don't mm -hmm. need any sort of segue. You don't need any sort of like meet cute, if you will, of like somebody like drop their wallet and you picked it up and gave it to them just like you can just both be staring at like the same thing of like a billboard or an ad for like stump town yeah where kobe smolders has <laughs> it looks like her neck's being snapped and you start talking to a random stranger about it and you start making like cowbell yeah. jokes so like it's you just got a free cowbell from that lady and she was less overhearing us talk about yeah that. like that i don't know thing. who this lady is i don't know we like i don't know what's going on in her life so uh, that that's honestly one of the best things about the convention is if you just put yourself out there it's just so easy to mm to talk to people over there everybody there is very nice but everybody there is also vying to get into hall h yeah which uh chris unfortunately wasn't able to get into well, it, but I, I still feel like we had good memories even though well, you didn't weren't able to get in there so day one's great day two i i wanted to get some merch and, and it, the the problem with san diego that i don't have at c2e2 is that merchandise is literally if you're not there 30 minutes before it opens or more, you don't get it. Or, it's gone. Or, or if you don't win the lottery, which takes place two weeks earlier to get something yeah. like a Funko, you, you're not getting in there you, either. If you come to buy things other than artwork or comics, uh -huh. you're done. Yeah. You, you're not getting any of it. And I learned that the hard way, but I, I'm not a merch guy myself. C2E is not about the merch. We don't mm -hmm. have that kind of thing there. So, you know, that's, that's new to me, like to have that disappointment on top of this. But I did, however, get. Um, a master shake ceramic cup. My, yes. my biggest, my biggest get here. And my other thing is actually our, our buddy Pan, who I, I really, I mean, other than you and Quentin, Mike, like he came through very good for us this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, he was able to give me the Transformers card game yes. from Hasbro because he he got in the lottery uh, for that. So I was able to get the really two things like that I wouldn't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, but I had to wait an hour for Master Shake. And then, uh, <laughs> immediately from there, uh, I went to the, 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 I didn't say it's the Iron Man VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, I would have been in line much longer if I didn't go to the Iron Man VR, which it was at one, one to 115. <laughs> so was the, was the Iron Man VR experience worth potentially not getting in the Hall H? And uh, I think I know the answer already. <laughs> it's half and half. Uh, but it's fine because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get to, so by the time, 11 hours or not 11 hours 10 hours and hall h was done i got uh -huh. back to the, the hotel room you guys looked at me and just laughed and laughed <laughs> yeah. and laughed the best part was is uh we were already back at the hotel kind of getting ready to to go, call, call it a night so i had my contacts out i didn't have my glasses on and i just see this blob of chris walk in and i i could already tell everything that i needed to know about <laughs> him just from the blurry shades that i was seeing like i think there was a moment where you peeled up your shorts yeah. and then i didn't even have to squint to see the definitive line of where you're shorts ended yeah <laughs> it was it was pretty rough and i you know it's disheartening and you know me and pan we kind of like all right whatever and then, like i was so hot and tired i didn't eat for like probably 24 hours <laughs> in those little bars so like that that doesn't push you so by the time i get back I, I sit in bed i'm like mike after much consideration i've decided not to endorse your con <laughs> uh it was just one of those days however saturday i feel really redeemed itself yes, you rallied uh we we went like uh, i i 
I slept in a little bit. You guys went to get in line for a, a taping of Conan, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. And I would, I mean, you you selfishly gave your your spot up in that line to a, a friend that uh, I made that you potentially may have already known, but you didn't remember yeah. uh, J- uh, <laughs> yeah. Jackie. Uh, so Chris, even even when he was down and out and really needed a win, he still gave up his seat uh, to go see Conan at Comic Con. So a selfless man over here on the other side yeah. of the table because it wasn't her like it wasn't her fault. I didn't get the tickets. Mm. So you know, I'm you know it's more. More power to that. Uh, paying it forward. And it came back. Those good vibes came back to mm-hmm. me that day. So I uh, I woke up when Quentin left to go get in line. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, to, to shower and take care of myself. <laughs> you took a cold bath, I think you yeah, said. I, I, well, that was later. I came back <laughs> later in the middle day and took a poor ice cold bath and get down on the end. Um, so I get back in there. I buy the last bottle of aloe vera at a, at a grocery store. <laughs> Probably in the whole city. Yeah. Um, at the farthest grocery store. I went to the farthest one on accident. Um, uh I come back. I, I I meet one of my friends from college. We walk around with her friends a little bit. Like mm-hmm. then I eat a Deadpool taco and then a Pokeball taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadpool taco bit me in the ass later. Um, <laughs> uh, literally, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, and then um, what do we do? There was something else. I think uh, I went back to the comfort room. We did the drawing thing mm-hmm. uh, together. You, uh, I left for that. Um, then I hung out with Pam. Me and Pam walked the floor mm-hmm. again. Uh, just kind of checking things out. You know, I, I was taking my time, getting some stuff here, getting some stuff there. there. There's there's a learning curve to a con of this size because even though Chris understands like kind of how these things run from other cons, it still takes a while to kind of get your San Diego Comic Con legs, if you will. Yeah, it, and it, you just it, had I not done Friday like I did, mm-hmm. I it, I would have done a lot more, maybe spent a lot more. I I don't uh-huh. know. Um, so we, you go to Conan, you, you go to your film in Conan, which, how was that? I mean, uh, I, I had seen Conan O'Brien before because I live out here in Los Angeles and I could go see a taping of a show whenever I want. And uh, his, when it's recorded in a proper studio, it's actually really great, you know, properly air conditioned. When hmm. we were there, we actually had like front row seats and, uh, there's a warm up comedian that comes out. That's uh, really funny. I forget his name, but he's, he's pretty well known in, in the, in the comedy scene and he just gets the crowd all warmed up and everything. This, this is a little bit, it's a little bit more makeshift he's in the spreckles theater i believe it's called and i don't know if their air conditioning wasn't working or maybe it never works and so there's a bunch of really loud and um and and just like very excited geeks all jumping up and down there's like an mc inside the theater that's warming up the crowd he's literally bringing plucking people from the audience before the show starts and he's having them doing like booty booty dance contests uh-huh. on the stage for like the possibility of winning a t-shirt but what they didn't know is they're all gonna get a t-shirt anyway which was funny um so it's getting very like very warm in there we're like fanning ourselves like <laughs> southern bells like whoo i got the vapors so uh it was fun and cool uh, if you had never seen like a taping of a tv show or even conan you probably had a better experience maybe than i did but it was still great because everybody got uh, pop vinyls, yes, uh, Conan. Conan pop. So Friday, uh, so Saturday night, the last night of the con, it was Conan O'Brien as Woody from Toy Story. Yeah. So what they do is they take Conan's head and put it on the body of another pre-existing yeah. pop. Vinyl. Yeah, he has a very iconic head with yeah. the orange hair, so it's really easy to attach him to other yeah. characters. So and then as soon as you got out of that, I literally walked off of my Uber ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the hotel, cooled myself down, came back. We went to this place called Sushi Two. Mm-hmm. And um, and this was exactly at five thirty, and we get and sat down. And then it's you know uh, Mike, Mike's wife, Quentin, me, Pan, Trisha, and whole, uh, Jack. Pretty much the whole, whole the whole squad. We're, we're eating sushi. We're taking sake bombs. Mm-hmm. We're just having a good time, te- like tearing it up, just just having fun. And then 
the Marvel panel starts. Yeah, and I, I feel like before we even start ordering drinks, we are just refreshing Twitter because yeah. we are just following the hashtag, seeing it all come out. And I, I would say, I mean, obviously, it would have been great if you were there. It would have been a very memorable experience, but I thought it was all cool that we were just at it, this table experiencing it, it all was, at once. So redeeming. Mm-hmm. It was so so redeeming because you know it, it's it's great to be surrounded by. It's good, good for us to talk once a week or via yeah. text. But the the hype there the, is contagious. It was mm-hmm. so fun because we're all doing Twitter at different times. We're all mm-hmm. seeing different. Is this fake? Is this real? Yeah. All all turning our phones. Like look at my phone. Look yeah. at this thing that I saw. <laughs> is this real? Is this not real? Um, you know, people. You know, uh, like said, Trish and Jennifer. Like they they were in cosplay. They weren't going to pull out their phones. So uh-huh. they were like. Everyone was feeding. Into yeah, and they're like, wait, what's happening? And th- at this moment, I think we both realized, even being around a group of nerds, we were already so far ahead of everybody else. <laughs> like, somebody's saying, like, like, whoa, they're making, a, like, an Eternals movie. It's like, yeah, man, they, they said they were doing that a while ago, but we realized we're kind of on a different level making yeah. this show where uh, – so it was kind of fun to see that happen. We hardly ever get to react to news live right in front of each yeah. other. Normally, this would have been a group chat situation <laughs> where the group chat would have been lit up and we just would have been texting, like, memes and emojis. <laughs> um uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was great, and uh, of course, here in a little bit, we're gonna t- talk about yeah. all of the craziness that that happened there. But I'm really glad that things started to turn around yeah. for you. Uh, and 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 the only reason it turned around, I mean, the only reason I didn't hate Friday completely, the people. Mm-hmm. The reason that made Saturday so much better was the people, and that is, I cannot say that enough. There, mm-hmm. had it not been for everyone in that moment, it was it, it would have been different. Mm-hmm. And after that, um, I think we. We went straight home after that. Yeah, we went back to the hotel because, I mean, <laughs> the, the, like as, as, as we've said, the scale of this con is large. And luckily, uh, this was the first year that San Diego had uh, these electric rentable scooters, which definitely helps you get off your feet because there's activations and there's panels all across downtown, not just at the convention center. So sometimes you got to get to walk in. And all of these last years, like uh, we have just been walking all around downtown. But with these inventions of these new scooters, you could really zip around and it was really awesome. But even with those, like your feet are just exhausted. You're so tired. And even though it's Saturday night and you're in downtown San Diego and like everybody's just having a great time, like you're just like, I, just, I guess guy, I got to go back to the hotel. My legs, they're, I, they're failing me. I want the, like, what do they say? Like, uh, the, the soul is willing, but the body, the, but the body is uh weak and helpless. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, I mean, to be honest, I had the whole, the sunburn issue mm-hmm. in my legs. You know, I'm walking around sometimes like Frankenstein or lurch, like uh-huh. the stiff leg. And, and I walked more Thursday than I did any other day. Uh, yeah, before. I mean, all you gotta do is open up your your phone's health app, and yeah. you can see literally how much you're doing. And it was tracking me. So um, we went back, and then uh, you you and your wife decided to call in an evening. Yeah, we we fell asleep in the middle of watching Goonies in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> me and Quentin went out to celebrate Tyler's birthday with mm-hmm. uh, Pan, Trisha, and Jackie, and, and Tyler. Uh, so we actually got to see a live band and then just kind of hang out in actual San Diego. And you got some you got some merch out of that situation. I did. Uh, Tyler's birthday cake topper was an infin- the foam infinity gauntlet, <laughs> and uh, he was like, "I'm not taking this. One. Like, I don't want it." And he was like, "Here, you have it. Like, yeah. you're the you're the guy." Yeah, and, and that's when we wake up in the morning, and Chris is like, well, "Look what I got," and I was like, "Is that frosting?" <laughs> yeah, it's, it was literally on the cake. So. Uh, we had a good night, and you know, uh, me and Quinn, we were dancing. And then on the Uber ride, if anyone knows me, I get car sick really easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Uber ride back, this guy's like whipping around late <laughs> at night, and I'm just like, oh god, because uh, you know those late night Uber drivers are yeah. not the, the safest. So we get back to the hotel, and Quentin's getting ready for bed. I'm like, I am car sick. Uh, I gotta, <laughs> and I gotta. Either, I'm either gonna go to the bathroom, or I'm gonna go outside, and then, and then um, this when I woke up. Uh, 
Mike and Mike and his wife, and they thought they thought I was drunk from from partying too hard, but uh, just just a little car sick. Just had, you had to get rid of that Deadpool. That taco. Deadpool taco was spicy as hell. Like I don't know what they were thinking making that. So <laughs> it was out of my system. But I, I thought it was pretty funny because really, if you think about it, if Deadpool was to make a taco, that's the scenario he would want out of it because he, he's a wild card. Exactly. But, but we just kept. It was just so funny because uh, things just kept happening to Chris, and it's just like it's almost like he was fighting the con, and the the con was fighting him back. <laughs> so it was all very funny. It, it, so we were, we were having a great time, and I think we we capped off the whole weekend with a pretty. With a pretty great breakfast with yeah <laughs> the waffle king's house and um i think it's just called the king's house and there's yeah. a, a waffle joint on one side and mexican jar on the other and, and there's a hotel above it which yeah. is bizarre <laughs> and, and uh there's this guy dressed up as this waffle king following uh-huh. me around like behind me every turn yeah for some reason and they and they game of thronesified the whole place because we went last year so now technically it's a tradition we've gone two years in a row we're going to be going back to the waffle waffle man's kingdom every year now <laughs> but last year it wasn't theme so they they leaned into comic-con even more this year to where the waffle guy was kind of dressed kind of john snow-esque yeah. he had a crown that was made of like uh, forks and spoons and stuff yeah, and yeah, they the, the knife crown and they had like a throne inside of their lobby that you could like sit down and take uh pictures of it, yeah, it was it, great well and then even they have all these cartoon drawn little like food items mm-hmm. like, and uh, i ended up that's the only shirt i bought this year was <laughs> the shirt at the waffle king's house because it has the i'm, I'm called the waffle uh connected universe yeah the, the waffle yeah it was just it, it yeah it was just a great as a great way to kind of cap off the the weekend so uh i, I guess chris if, if you had to rank it like zero being the worst con you've ever been to and like 10 just being something very memorable i mean it's definitely very memorable but like i i don't have to go back next year mm-hmm. uh, i can take a couple years off and come out and enjoy it more with that 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 mentality in mind, but there's like ones like I will go like I will go to C two E two every year. I will go to Galaxy. Oh well, yeah, it's just the 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 pure distance. Uh, you yeah, had to take three different planes to get out here. Then on top of that, we had to drive yeah. down to San Diego. But you found out if you just would have flown from no, Texas, <laughs> if Chris would have just flown from Texas straight to San Diego, there was a there was some crazy promotion going on yeah. on that. Everyone that won flight. a free Nintendo Switch on that plane that left behind me going to San Diego when I was going to LA. Yeah, so. it was just. It's just – even – we think that it's just isolated to San Diego, but the the, the promotions around this one con stretches all the way to neighboring states on and, airlines. And, and that's when Comic-Con started fighting me. It was right <laughs> out of the gate. Uh, so uh, we did it. We lived. It's a very good time. Again, I, I'd recommend it, but come prepared. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford it every year, do not feel bad. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're just we're just going to put you on the Marvel schedule because, as we've kind of seen in the past couple of years, Marvel yeah. seems to be kind of on and off. So uh, next year, the probably DC is going to show up. You know, maybe take that year off. You don't necessarily need yeah. to come out. Then Marvel will come back, and then you'll come back. Yeah. So um, exactly, we'll be on the Marvel schedule because, as you know, at this convention, now we're going to get into the news, Mike. Unless there's anything else you want to say, uh, I, you know what? Stay tuned next week, and I'll tell you how I made uh, like three hundred dollars at the con. Yeah. I wasn't expecting, but we won't take too much of up your time with that. I wasn't expecting to be hustling out there on the floor. So uh, this is your this is your incentive to make sure you're subscribed. Yes. Well, also before we get into the news, shout out to any new listeners. Yeah. That we have, uh, we came prepared to market ourselves and our podcast. We we brought um, premium we brought, vinyl. 
vinyl yeah, stickers. Yeah, we brought premium vinyl stickers. I believe they were technically three-inch stickers, if I remember the order that we made. And uh, I also put together a comic book uh, that I call Little Feige. And if you go, uh, if you go check out my Instagram account, you can read that over there. Oh. A, v- a very tailor-made comic to the convention. Uh, and uh, we spent the majority of Wednesday before the convention printing these and folding these in the apartment. Yeah, three hundred. So it was three hundred eleven by seventeen uh, pieces of paper that needed to be folded. Three, Two, three times, three, yeah. three times, and the more you start folding the paper, the harder it gets to fold. So like it was just it was it was an onslaught of folding, and then we had these, these giant bundles. But it, it was pretty fun uh, handing these yeah. things out, getting to meet new people. Um, uh, some people are receptive to free stuff being handed to them. Some people are just like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? It's like, no, 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 we're ju- we're just cool people trying to give you free yeah. stuff. So uh, uh, shout out to anybody out there who uh, really appreciated yeah. the gift. And if you're listening now, uh, buckle up for your new favorite podcast because if you are at Comic-Con, uh, this is the quality content that you can stay tuned to because it, it's Comic-Con every week here, baby. Yeah. We're, we talk about this stuff all the it time. Is. And uh, again, this is a very rare opportunity where we're face-to-face. Mm. We don't normally go 45 minutes into this talking just about a convention. Yeah, this was the longest riffraff section we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's actually got its own bullet point. Uh, so but we're going to get into the news, which is going to take probably Ooh. just as long, if not longer, because... Boy. We we got some news. Uh, I, I think we. Uh, I'll go back and set the scene before we jump into this. So, like we said, we we were eating dinner at a at a sushi restaurant. No far apart than we are now. Yeah, and uh, we were we were just getting beers because we were lucky enough to get in there five minutes before the happy hour was over. So we were getting beers, doing sake bombs, and then we were just like, it's five thirty. Uh, it's time to open up Twitter. And boy, does the do the the tweets never end when Marvel's doing a San Diego Comic Con panel. Like if you're familiar on Twitter, like the normal timeline, you know, you drag down the reload. And, you know, if it's been a couple minutes, maybe you got a couple new tweets uh, that no. the hashtag of Marvel SDCC was lit. I could have I could have scrolled down as fast as possible. And there was 20, 20, 30, 40 new tweets, every, like literally every second. So it was crazy getting this onslaught of news coming out of the floor. And we were just all experiencing at, at the same time. And I don't think we were prepared for the level of. The, the level of announcements that we were about to get. It, <laughs> the worst part about it is also Twitter. People were literally hashtagging fake articles and fake yeah. things. So half of our battle was just like, is this real? Yeah. Like, this doesn't double look Double check like, it. Somebody double check well, it. Well, uh, analyzing the lighting of the room, because the, usually these panels are pretty dark, but the Hall H one was pretty well lit, I would yeah. say. So if you were taking a picture of the screen from your phone, there was more light around the screen. It was like, no, 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 this one looks too dark. This this has got to be fake. <laughs> it's more well lit in Hall H from what we can tell right now. So it was uh, it was like live CSI. Yeah. And a lot of Hispanic, uh, Spanish tweets. I think it's because we were so close to Mexico down in oh, San Diego. Yeah. So the, we had the Mexican publications uh, chiming in. We had the English publications. So we were decoding different languages, and, trying and, to figure out what was going on. And we were all on the same hashtag, but everyone was a different part spot in the feed. Yeah. Because Quentin <laughs> was well five minutes behind us. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine with that. My thumb wouldn't stop. I realized, like, <laughs> while the drinks were coming, I was like, my thumb hasn't stopped moving for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very good. So we have some Marvel Studios news. Oh, boy, do we. And uh, the first thing they dropped, conveniently timed, is Avengers Endgame officially has passed Avatar for the box office for the highest grossing film ever. Yeah, I mean, we we knew it was coming, but it does seem a little convenient on the biggest weekend probably for them of the entire year of announcements. I, I, it could have been just been really good timing. I think you threw out the idea that maybe they were just buying tickets they on were, their last own. Last week they were $6 million away. They could have easily bought $6 million. Like, <laughs> $6 million for this budget? Hell yeah. We made two-something billion. We can throw some back at uh-huh. it. But, uh, I mean, the timing's great. Congratulations. Um, what does this mean? 
they get to put a sticker on the box when it comes yeah. out. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything really when you when you think about it too much because uh, if you adjust it for inflation god gone with the wind beats them all by a mile but also gone with the wind less competition at the movies that was the only thing people could really go see anyway and then if you maybe adjust it a little differently and you go by tickets sold that's a totally different metric but then also tickets sold also goes with the competition at the theater and if tickets are cheaper or what's mm. or if something's been in the theater longer yeah. like we know gone with the wind's been released a lot so it could just sell more tickets over time so there's really no perfect metric to measure to measure success mm-hmm. of a movie but at this moment in time it is the highest box office ever yeah uh, un, unadjusted but you can't take that away from them i mean that's yeah. it i mean that's the that's benchmark that's the, goal. that's the benchmark that people are making so this is this is fun that we got a battle here we know avatar is going to be re-released at some point in time when they announce the other movies but as we say every week it's all disney anyway so uh, yeah. there's really not much of a fight going on here yeah, every everybody wins or nobody no everybody loses i can't tell which one it is yet um, but yeah, so yeah, you, if you go check out Worldwide on Box Office Mojo where we get it, it's, uh-huh. it's now up there. So congratulations to them. However, that's not the news. No. <laughs> the news comes right now because they gave us a what Kevin Feige is calling the Phase 4 lineup. Uh-huh. And there are 10, count them, 10 properties in years yeah like. what they're calling phase four now i believe we're going to be hitting these up in release order that of the correct. film this is not how we experienced it at the dinner table things were coming in a different order we are reacting to it a different way um so yep. and this was the second to last announcement mm-hmm. uh, uh however it, our first closest marvel property surprise surprise <laughs> is black widow yep uh and uh, we have the logos for all these in our show notes you can uh-huh. go click on you can you can click on the show notes, you get to see the logo because they gave us all these on their marvel's instagram you've all seen if you're listening to us and you follow comic you've probably seen these. yeah there's no surprise uh it coming out in may of 2020 is is uh black widow and it will take place after civil war but before Infinity War. So that nice nebulous period where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Natasha was in the quote-unquote secret Avengers with Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, avoiding... Well, she technically ran away from the uh, Tony Stark at, at the Avengers thing after mm-hmm. she knew that he she tased, what, War Machine? Mm-hmm. And that was... Or not War Machine, whoever it was. Uh, but... And ran away. But we got our first concept art of supposedly, uh, again... Confirming Natasha and Taskmaster. This looks better than the the, the live photos we saw. I will tell you that. <laughs> I hope you agree with that. The other one, I get it. This one looks more like a Taskmaster with the hood and the shield. It, it, it's kind of it, it's definitely MCU kind of armor look. MCU has an art direction that they tend to stick to. Uh, he he almost looks like he's wearing skiing goggles. So I don't really know how much to take from this. I'm actually not the biggest fan of this image right here. I think the the aerial kind of like sneaky shots that we got from set a couple weeks ago sells him a little bit better because practically he's probably not going to be wearing the hood you know that often. So we'll see we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, but Taskmaster now confirmed, and also I guess squashing any rumors. But I guess never say never that this isn't uh, Natasha's not coming back to life. It looks like right. this isn't going to be something where they get her out of the Soul Stone and then she's just going right back to work and fighting Taskmaster. Because like if I died and then somebody brought me back to life, maybe uh, maybe it's time to retire. You know, maybe yeah. you don't need to be fighting fighting people anymore. So we're going to be exploring this kind of like you said, this gap in, in, in the timeline. Yeah, so we, we've definitely got that. They showed some footage of this. Um, 
we don't have it yet. The descriptions are kind of yeah right now, so I'm gonna we're gonna maybe come back to next week. Well, I mean, this was the one thing. I mean, the, I guess it w- turned out well. This is the one thing that I think you really wanted to be in there for Hall H for because yeah. you wanted to see the exclusive footage. But really, there wasn't a whole lot of exclusive going on here, especially with the 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 pace at which this news was coming out. Just by checking Twitter, like you have to take time to show a clip. Yeah, you know, and they just didn't even have the time to literally do that. So. Uh, luckily you didn't miss much. You pretty much got to see what everyone else got to see. So who knows what could have possibly been in the clip, but it's not like missing like, uh, you know, the first Infinity War clip that kind of came out of Comic-Con and people were just doing their live descriptions of what they were seeing. So not too much lost there. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, what's, uh, yeah, that's, if this is the only footage I missed, that's fine. Uh, we got to all experience it together. Um, they did confirm David Harbour is playing Alexi, ironically, uh, a character's name in Stranger Things Season 3 uh-huh. that he worked with, uh, who was known as Red Guardian, which essentially rushes Captain America kind of thing. So uh, the it looks like Taskmaster might be maybe um, the successor to so this Red Guardian. I, I guess I'm not familiar with Red Guardian, but is he is he ripped and buff like Steve Rogers? Because, I mean, no offense to David Harbour, but well, I think he's kind of iconic for his yeah, dad bod. Well, <laughs> normally he just looks like... Captain America, but Russian. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, he's not playing, like, a current iteration of Red Guardian. Uh-huh. Like, Taskmaster could be the current Russian's Red Guardian. I, I guess they could take this unique... And he's an older they guy. They could take this unique take where, you know, Steve Rogers had the advantage of being frozen in ice, and then he was unthawed. You know, this this could be... The Red Guardian in Russia could be possibly a mantle. So maybe this is a retired, you yeah, know... Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, um, but there's also been several Red Guardians. We don't know which one it's going to be. We, mm. we, just, we got a lot of questions, but we're going to probably be seeing some footage next several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, September, probably, at maybe D23, we'll get some. Yeah. That's coming up around the corner. Uh, an actress, Rachel Vice, is added to the movie. I think they said her name was Melina, which means she's probably related to the Black Widow program, mm-hmm. maybe uh, a mentor to that, um, something to do with that. I don't know. But um, So we will. We got a little bit of information about it. Not as much kind of new mind groundbreaking stuff here yeah i mean there's almost not there's not a whole lot really to come out of a black black widow movie right because if it's being slotted almost kind of like a prequel you know we're probably not going to have any huge revelations and if we get those they're going to be in the movie they're not really going to announce that so exactly we already knew david harbour was going to be in there i guess taskmaster was really the reveal but official could, reveal but, yeah. but they couldn't squash that uh telephoto lens up in the bushes or wherever that guy was yeah. so and, and honestly that that doesn't look anything like the the concept art either so like, I want to see. I want to see the shield. I want to see the yeah. real the attachment. So, uh, Black Widow releasing uh, May of next year. Mm-hmm. Our, our first movie next year. And the next property we get to see after Black Widow is actually Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. the Disney Plus uh, show. Uh, looks like they're stacking that up to come out next fall. Uh, Chris Evans uh, was there. I think. I think Chris Evans maybe Kevin Feige. Someone handed over the shield to Anthony Mackie on stage, and we mm-hmm. have a photo of him receiving that shield on stage. Um, but you know that's that's cool and all. He's apparently tried on his suit already as Captain America, so it sounds like they may be going with the newer Sam Wilson Captain America suit from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the coolest things here is that uh, Daniel Bruhl will be returning to play Baron Zemo or just Zemo, mm-hmm. and he had a pre-recorded video where he put on 
the purple mask that Zemo's known for so, in the middle of the Yeah, table. so I know you were looking for that, and we didn't get a chance to find it. I'm curious if it was like a production mask or just maybe kind of like a Halloween mask just signifying like, oh, the Zemo that you kind of know is is coming out of this. But I, I, think, one, I think one big takeaway out of this is the last time we saw an announcement of this caliber of, of, sc- of scale and scope happening was like that random weekday in Hollywood years ago where Feige walked up on stage and had that big timeline it, it up there. It was pre-Civil War. Yeah, and we got to see all of these like fancy logos. This is the first time where they are officially considering basically a TV show part of these phases, yes. which now we thought the Daredevil and Netflix shows were part of the, the MCU. And, you know, I don't know exactly what the language and PR was back when those were announced, but everyone kind of thought they were going to be tangentially related, but they didn't need to address it exactly. You know, they talked about the Battle of New York. They talk they talk about these things in the Netflix show, but, you know, Marvel TV and Marvel movies proper, you know, they, they conflict a little bit. So now these things are officially out mm-hmm technically canon i guess if you want to say so the way it worked before is the shows react to the movies before Mm -hmm. now all the shows being under marvel studios and not marvel television Mm -hmm. can react and interact together meaning these shows are planned out in time with the release of the movies Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about two of them that have the same person in them later Mm -hmm. so they will have like kevin feige and his team they're, they know what they're doing. They're drawing those lines together now. So all these swivels back and forth between television, movies, television, movies will be more interconnected and reactionary to each other rather than one saying, oh, this happened in the movies. We acknowledge it, but they don't have to acknowledge Oh, Daredevil exists. Yeah, and and boy, would I be kind of like shaking in my boots if I was Netflix or if I was HBO Max. I mean, come on, how how can you possibly compete with $8 a month and getting all of this premium content? I mean, we're going to be talking about some other streaming shows that showed up at Comic-Con this week, but I mean, this this is primo stuff here. The way that they're treating it, they're not even treating it like a TV show. They're treating it almost like we're making a long movie and kind of chopping it up and we're going to put it on Disney Plus for you. So I think I think it's great that all of this stuff is being treated in the same aspect of these films. I mean, a Hall H uh, trot out of the actors of these streaming shows, that's a big deal. Hall H is like one of the most premium places where you can debut stuff. So, and it's Kevin Feige. It's not, it's not a cranky old Jeff Loeb over there uh, trotting out Anthony Mackie. It's the Kevin Feige and all of his uh, amazing hats, which one thing that we didn't mention uh, when they announced Black Widow, every, all like 6,000 people in the audience all got Black Widow hats. Yeah. So everybody, that's Kevin Feige's, that's, that's really his ultimate move. He doesn't want to be planning all of these MCU movies. This is just his backdoor plan to get as many ball caps out there in the world as possible. That's his retirement plan. He's going to open up a hat shop. Oh my God. He's just going to buy Lids. He's yeah. he's he's so rich right now. He's just going to buy out the corporation of Lids. He's going to change the name to Feige's, and we're just going to yeah. call hats Feige's. Just like in thirty years, we're just yeah. going to call no, all he, movies. He's, he's going to call it Caps. <laughs> caps because they're ball caps. And then, yeah, there you it's go. Captain America. See what see. So, um, but yeah. So this is this is big news. Uh, for that again, Falcon Winter Soldier will be on Disney Plus. Um, Everyone's going to be buying Disney Plus. Yeah, there, I, there, yeah, there was a there's a logo reveal, not not too ex- exciting, but actually the logo is different from that little thumbnail we saw when the Disney yeah. Plus service and, was announced. And a lot of these can change. Mm-hmm. A lot of these can and will change. So you can you can click on that in there. So that's cool for Falcon and Soldier. We're, we we've talked about that pretty pretty frequently. The next thing they announced, um, we've talked about before, we've speculated, but now we have official confirmation is mm-hmm. the Eternals. Yes, November twenty twenty. We have the cast right here. A photo of all the cast. 
including Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Lauren Ridloff, Brian Tyree Henry, Selma Hayek, Leah McHugh, and Don Lee. And all of these people are playing Eternals characters, and we have them in here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you the name because you won't know them. Nobody knows them. But I tell you what, these issues are going to come real popular real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the quote from Kevin Feige about these are, The Eternals are a race of immortal aliens, about 35,000 years old, sent to Earth by the Celestials, which we've seen in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. to protect humankind from the Deviants, such as Thanos, Skrulls, Etc. Yeah, the way Chris explained it to me, these deviants are the characters with like the chin ridges. Yes. So uh, you know Thanos and the scrawls, they got those, uh, they got those nasty chins going on there. So the the first thing that popped into my head is how long have these Eternals been around Earth? You know, you said that they're they're old. They seem to be uh, very uh, thirty five thousand years. I think. Yeah, that, that 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 I say that's pretty old for any yeah, yeah. fictional character out right. there. So it makes me wonder, you know, how long have have they been on Earth? Have they been on Earth this whole time? And if they and if, they, if they've been sent here to per, kind of protect us, you know, where were they when yeah. Thanos came to, to mess everything up? That it seems like they that's would have been their job, right? Well, well we, <laughs> I, my assumption is that this is going to be a history lesson for for this, uh, but also um, anything in the Avengers and the uh, Infinity War Endgame mm-hmm. happened instantly. Like Thanos just literally, like they, the army came, attacked in like an hour, and then Thanos showed up and wiped out half the mm-hmm. earth so they didn't have time to prepare maybe they were just busy they were making a roast and they but, just didn't have their tv on yeah, their phones on yeah like, <laughs> and, and, and honestly they all have the same powers but they all like specialize in like one thing like mm-hmm. one of them they, they all can run really fast but one of them runs the fastest uh-huh. of all of them and stuff like one's really strong but one's the strong small and they're playing such um characters like most of these characters have become um into the human like god pantheons mm-hmm. like uh again we're looking at like um Again, Don Lee playing Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh mm-hmm. is known to be uh, one of the uh, Hindu gods, mm-hmm. uh, so he he played that role. Icarus uh, kind of looks like a Hercules kind of thing. So, so what you're saying is like kind of like how Thor in the movies was kind of seen like, oh, everybody thought he was fake, so they made stories about him, but actually yeah. he was real. So maybe this is the same type of scenario where these guys have been on Earth for a while. Yeah. Because I had this idea that was I thought was kind of cool, but maybe it doesn't mesh with this. Where is like these guys are responding to what just happened? Like you said, everything happened to an instant. Yeah. You know, they got a call on their bat phone. And they're just like, oh, shit, we got to get over the earth. Uh, things have gotten crazy. We shouldn't have taken that nap. Yeah. Things just got really crazy over there on earth. But who knows where they're going to take it. Uh, I was grilling Chris on his Eternals knowledge. And he has a couple volumes that he's read already. But he's like, crap, this sounds like a volume I haven't actually read yet. So it sounds like there's a lot to pull from here. But uh, we got some celestial yeah, so- concept art that actually... It's really cool. Yeah, so they're dropping some concept art on us here. And the Celestials we've seen um, in, uh, what was it, The Collector in his vision. Yeah, the uh, first Guardians He's on the movie. Searcher, had the Power Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, technically, Nowhere is a Celestial Severed Head. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ego, I think he said he was a Celestial as well. Yeah. Uh, Star-Lord's dad. Uh, and these are the big ones. They're walking across mountains down there, Mike. Yeah. Like, this is on the Earth. They're huge. They're very um, sci-fi and techy at yeah, the same time. Yeah, they, they kind of have a, a little bit of an organic look to them, but also mechanical. Uh, the, I, I think they, they, they kind of are reminiscent, I would say, of obviously the Celestial that you saw in the flashback. But if you don't remember that, I kind of get the Destroyer vibe a little bit from the first yeah. Thor movie. Uh, I'm thinking the... Um, the um, Sentinels from Days of Future Past. A oh, bit from that one here. Oh, the yeah. I like I like the dude on the far right. He looks kind of like a big brute with yeah. the 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 yellow glowing eyes. So I'm just trying to think like 
do these guys still exist? Where are they? Is somebody going to try to fight them? You know, are we going to get... Um, so they're not on Earth. They're out in space. Well, they could make it to Earth. Because, Chris, I don't know if you knew this, but Earth is in space. It, it is. But, like, they're out... Like, normally the Celestials are out dealing with other things. Mm-hmm. Like, large problems. They don't care about single planets. Um, but there is a recent comic book that came out where there's a Celestial egg in the Earth. And there's, like, Whoa. some evil's trying to awaken a Celestial that's meant to... That sounds like a Unicron. Like, it's <laughs> this is a Unicron that, situation. That could be an Avengers-level thing that brings them to Earth if there's a, an incubating Celestial in the planet. You know, I, I, I feel like this is just, this is just going to be a great opportunity to eventually back us into a Galactus at exactly, some point in time. Yes. Because I don't, know this, I don't know the scale of Galactus, really. I don't know if it's been consistent over the, the years of Marvel Comics. I don't know if he, if he has the power to shrink to whatever is convenient for the big screen. But uh-huh. if, if we're getting the idea of these big creatures, I could see like a Galactus coming in at this point in time. We're, we're really telling gigantic space stories. Here now. Yeah. Well, and Galactus has been known to kill some Celestials. So maybe, maybe his goal is to kill the can Celestials. You, can you imagine? Can you imagine that happening on screen in your local theater? Galactus fighting a Celestial. You know, it, it's like I don't know if you've ever got around to watching Gear and Login, but if you're out there, if you're familiar with it, you get these you get these awesome scale battles. Like we thought the scale of Pacific Rim was large when Guillermo del Toro made it, and he did it really, really well. So hopefully they take some hints from him. But I can just imagine watching these lumbering things like fighting on the surface uh, of a Earth, like maybe Vormir. That was a pretty cool. Uh, that yeah. was a pretty cool location that we got to see a couple times. So yeah, these, this is just really cool. I really like seeing yeah. the Celestials. This is something that I wish they would. A fi- uh, they would release officially like in high res because I, I want to pour over this a little bit more. Yeah, so so the Eternals is coming. Huge names attached to this. Uh, I think you know, uh, honestly, we're we're in for a treat because uh-huh. uh, you know what, we don't know what we're doing with yeah. this movie. Uh, <laughs> we don't know anything. Uh, they're not going to tell us a whole lot yet, and it's got a little over a year and a half to get here. So, mm-hmm. uh, very excited about the Eternals. Now. I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit, Mike, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you because this was the first thing that happened at the dinner table. You're like, I told you so. I told you. Didn't I say this on the yeah. podcast a couple so, of weeks ago? The next movie releasing February 2021 is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And who is in charge of the Ten Rings, Mike? That's the Mandarin. The Mandarin. And who did I say Shang-Chi should be fighting? Yeah, the Mandarin. The Mandarin. So Kevin Feige took my advice finally. <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, and we're doing the Ch- Shang-Chi movie we've talked about. Uh, Simu Lee cast as Shang-Chi. He tweeted at them, I think in 2014, and asked for an Asian-American hero uh-huh. to be done. He, I think he also said they screen-tested him on su- uh, sun- Sunday or Monday uh-huh. and flew him out here for Saturday. Like, yeah. He was cast, like, this week. And he also had another tweet in uh, in December where he said, like, hey, Marvel, like, l- yeah. let's talk. So I don't really know how much is going on there. Like, if this is advice from his PR group, like, hey, tweet at Marvel. It'll be really fun. Let's see if we can get uh, some groundswell. But uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with this guy, I highly recommend everyone go to Netflix as soon as you're done listening to this episode, of course, and go find the show Kim's Convenience. It's this hilarious 30-minute uh, comedy out of Canada. And I tell you, don't be worried because it it's Canadian. Canadians make some of the funniest shows out there, and we're lucky enough that it, that Netflix is buying it and putting it out there for a U.S. audience. But he plays a son on Kim's Convenience, and he's really great. I love the whole cast of the show. So it's really cool it, it, discovering that show and finding all of these like cast of characters that you, you just wish the best for because it's such a fun show. And then all of a sudden, he gets catapulted into the freaking stratosphere. I mean, going from a Canadian sitcom, basically, yeah. to uh, the headline character of a Marvel property. And uh, this is like kind of like a 
a, a, a glass ceiling kind of shattering uh, moment where this Asian American actor is finally going to be catapulted with like like millions of dollars underneath his feet. Like yeah. uh, this is great seeing uh, this much representation out there on the screen. I mean, we were right there with uh, Pan, yeah, um, who's also uh, Asian, and he was just he was man, he was totally very, down for he it. He was very stoked. Um, and, and this movie, uh, you know, dealing with the Mandarin, has cast Tony Leung as the Mandarin. Do not worry, Ben Kingsley might show up for a minute. They did have what was it, the Hail the King short attached with Thor: The Dark World that mm-hmm. kind of uh, says, you know, he wasn't the real Mandarin. There is actually yeah. a real ten. Well, I thing. think I think I caught some Twitter footage where I think they showed a brief moment in that uh, short where there's a gun pointed at the Mandarin's head when he's in prison. So I think they kind of prime the audience a little bit knowing, no, no, knowing no, like there's say, a real Mandarin No, no, no they say in the, sh- the, the short, actually, the guy who's there taking like, I'm taking you to meet the real Mandarin. Mm-hmm. He's not happy. So they actually cast the real Mandarin. They're, they're using the Ten Ring setup in Iron Man to, to bring Shang-Chi into this. Normally he doesn't have any powers. He's just the best martial artist in the world who can take on even Iron Fist uh, with a special fist. And does nothing. Uh, the Ten Rings all represent a different power. Some like there's a fire one, an ice one, electric ring. They all give him different abilities. So like once, uh, maybe once he defeats the Mandarin, maybe Shang Chi gets at least maybe one of these rings, so he can kind of maybe go toe to toe. Maybe yeah, maybe he has a one or two of them, and, he, and you know it's like a, you got to collect collect them all. Yeah, like, or it could be this could be like a, a very extreme Lord of the Rings situation where there's ten rings now. Maybe he. Maybe he maybe he decides to destroy nine of them and keep one from himself or something like yeah. that. So I, this is this is just really cool. I'm really excited for this. We talked about it a couple weeks on the show how it, it's going to be cool seeing like a martial arts film. Yeah. I mean I mean this is kind of sticking to the Marvel formula uh, where they're trying to be unformulaic, where every movie is different, kind of a different theme, a different genre, and we're getting a martial arts movie. Uh, so I I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for for Shang Chi in Legend of the Ten Rings. But not only because I said it was that should happen. <laughs> it's a cool title too, honestly. Yeah, it works out. Right after that, in spring of 2021, we get to check out WandaVision mm-hmm. the, on Disney Plus. The Black, uh, not Black Witch, the Scarlet Witch, and uh, the Vision uh, TV show with Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen to return. Which well as- which is news right there because uh, Paul Bettany comes out on stage, and as we all know. The, the vision, for as far as we can tell, is dead. They, yeah. they didn't even allude to him possibly coming back in Endgame. Yeah. I suppose since he is kind of like a ro- robotic-based, you know, part of like Infinity Stones, he could exist in some aspects. Maybe he's on a, one of Tony Stark's hard drives somewhere well, and they'll just well, boot him up into something now else. Now that um, Black Panther's sister is back, Shuri, mm-hmm. who was working on maybe she was backing him up as she was doing it. Yeah. Maybe you can bring him back to life. I mean, Chris, I mean, you work on computers. What do you, what's the first thing you do before you start a big project on a computer, right? You turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So, and then also, but she's also got magic. Maybe she can bring him back to life in the May, but it's not the way she thought he'd come back to life. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. They, they, they've kept his shell somewhere. I guarantee we will see the lifeless shell. Yeah, the gray, the gray, hu- like the gray husk of Vision is just like in her like a uh, walk-in closet, and she's just like, I should really throw this thing away, but it's a little too sentimental. Yes, uh, and the other news here, um, actress Tayona Paris will play the adult Monica Rambeau. Now, if you remember, that's uh, the daughter of Maria Rambeau <laughs> in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So she was the little girl who was at the house. Oh, she was the she's the, the little, little girl. girl. Yeah, because that's it, the '90s. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they they will be bringing a movie character into this. What does Monica Rambeau have to do with the Scarlet Witch? 
I don't know yet. I think it was a LinkedIn situation. All of these, all of these uh, superheroes are, you know, they're obviously all connected on LinkedIn. People you may know. Yeah, she was like, oh, okay, you know, I, I, she seems pretty cool. You know, I'll go see if she wants to go get coffee, yeah. and you know, that's that's just how the this world works. Somehow LinkedIn still exists. I don't know how Thanos did not snap that away. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, some pretty big news for that. We don't have a lot of other information on it yet. They're they're kind of playing these cards close to their chest. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm just going to go ahead and say the the prime summer movie spot for 2021 will be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That is – I mean, so we said Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with the cool title. <laughs> this is the next coolest title, and it's not even the coolest title, in my opinion, out of this whole lineup. Yeah. So stay tuned if, if you've been living on The Rock the last 24 hours. Yeah, so um, there's, we don't have a lot about this. They brought up Benedict Cumberbatch to show us the logo. But the biggest thing here, since this comes out right after spring – the Scarlet Witch in her television show will be feeding directly into Doctor Strange in the multi- yeah. Multiverse of Madness. I'm looking forward to this so much because we have these two magic users, and I honestly just want to see them like sit down, like dinner, dinner with uh, what is it, dinner with Andre? Is that the title of the movie where it's just like two people sitting down at dinner talking? Oh. I just want to see these like two uh, these two magic users just talk about what it's like to have these magical powers. Like, well, I learned mine from a book. Well, I was experimented on. Oh, isn't it crazy how we can both do magic, but we don't Hon- really honestly knowing both of their personalities, I wouldn't want to see either of them talk to each other. <laughs> well, we know. One of them is not gonna. Ha- one of them's not gonna have a Russian accent because yeah. she she magically poofed that away. Well, it but- wasn't Russian; it was Eastern European. Oh yeah, that's right. But Sorry. but anyway, on that, like, um, this confirms a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the fact we had the rug pulled out from under us lately. Mm-hmm. Um, what is madness? What why what evil lurks in this? Yeah. Um, my guess is again Baron Mordo is trying to say no more magic and it's affecting the scarlet witch's powers mm-hmm. which would again maybe that's how her show ends kicks off right into this movie oh because that, that would be great same actress weaving back and forth and uh, and i believe uh, it was said possibly up there on stage i think we'll need to, to fact check fact check this because this came through the the crazy twitter timeline of uh, this might be the first scary movie that marvel oh, yeah. makes yeah they're, they're again dr change the scott derrickson has a history in horror film mm-hmm. If they're gonna do one called Multitude of Mad or Multiverse of Madness, they're going to need to do horror, and I think they they will. Yeah, that would that would be great. I mean, I've been kind of priming myself over the last couple of years to start to appreciate horror and scary movies a little bit more. So, man, I'm totally down for this, and and it's and it's great too because um because my my wife uh, admittedly does not like a horror movie, so I really hope this is scary, so she finally gets to kind of have to experience experience uh-huh. this because I mean you you can't miss out on a Marvel movie even if it's scary. Right, and this is the big summer launch. This is May. Like this mm. isn't this isn't a November or February slot this is the may slot and um dr strange got some new powers that we saw in an in-game and infinity war so Mm -hmm. uh he's gonna be coming out uh, with the big guns this time no more learning about magic (laughs) uh, from the ground up um another thing we got kind of just the logo of and the timeline for spring of 2021 after dr strange uh is the loki show uh who's also a known magic user by the way uh so uh, what what does that mean for him? I mean, it was a little surprising for me because this was the first thing we heard basically when Disney Plus was announced. They're like, hey, Tom Hiddleston's coming. Loki's going to be a show. So I thought this might be the first thing that we see, but it looks like we're going to have to wait basically just a little under two years until we get Loki. But I, I think you kind of came up with the theory that the logo is probably really the only news and the hints that we can get yeah, from it. Yeah, so the logo comes in four different fonts, four different styles here. The L looks like the, the L from Thor... Um, 
not Ragnarok, uh, but another Thor movie, The Dark mm-hmm. World, maybe. The O kind of looks like a Doctor Strangey font. Mm-hmm. Um, the K is definitely a 70s style font, which we saw that concept art from him in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what the I is, but that's Loki's colored green. So mm-hmm. uh, what does this mean? I don't know. Will he? Will it be probably him jumping, or not jumping, but like different points in Earth's history and him uh-huh. shaping those? Probably with this logo. But that's really all we have. And Tom Hiddleston was on stage, uh, but this is... This is all we got to kind of go yeah. with. I mean, that's time. not news. The last time he was there, he did a whole monologue. So really, he got to relax on stage this uh, this weekend. Yeah, they couldn't. They were up there and they were gone. Like by the time this was done, like people was moving so fast. People was moving. Chris yeah. says people was moving. Yep. And then later that summer, that summer, Mike, we get our first Marvel Studios animated television show <sighs> called What If. I'm so excited and for this. And are you familiar with the What If comic books? Uh, yes. What If is basically just like uh, anything that your friends might be talking about, like oh. Uh, what if uh, Captain America, you know, got to fight Superman? But obviously, they're 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 keeping it all well, within the well, realm of Marvel. An example: one of the ones we know. Of, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America? Mm-hmm. That is that is a confirmed um, episode. But this will be told from the con- from the perspective of the Watcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uatu is the Watcher of the Marvel Universe. He watches events, records them. He can't mm-hmm. interfere. Uh, but every time you see him, you know he's going to interfere. Like, it's one of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be voiced by a Westworld actor, a Hunger Games actor, Jeffrey Wright. He has a good voice, too. He'll be a great watcher. And he will be. So does this mean if they ever do a CG watcher, they're just going to use Jeffrey Wright into that as well? Well, because- I, I mean, it makes sense because uh, the, we got a whole other bullet point, which pretty much might confirm that theory. Yes, every actor who has been in the MCU that will be represented in the show will have that actor do the voice as yeah. well. And and that's really huge news right there because, I mean, I'm a big fan of animation. Uh, Chris and I both love the these animated superhero shows. And this is just just goes to show you the official sign of buy-in for an animated property. Most of the time, people think of animated stuff for kids. Let's make it cheap because we just want to sell the toys. You know, we're only going to hire a couple voice actors because they can do five or six different voices. We don't have to worry about paying somebody really famous that has a really uh, stiff schedule and they can't come in. So I think this goes to show you that this is something that can only be made now yeah. because all of these people in the MCU, they love their role so much. And also they don't want to get on the bad side of maybe one of the mega studio out here. So like, well, if you want me to do an, an, uh, an animation voice, even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. So I think this is just great that even an animated show makes it up there on Hall H in the middle of all these crazy announcements. So that just gets me really excited. I'm looking forward to seeing what the animation style is going to be like. Are they going to do similar to what they're doing on uh, Disney XD? Are they going to go a little bit more premium with it? And like uh, maybe every What If episode might be a little different uh, animation style. Because we've seen different animation anthology series out there. They got Love, uh, Death, Sex, and Robots, I think is is what it's called on Netflix. Every episode there is a different animation style. So there's a chance for them to be really creative here. Uh, So uh, very much looking forward to this. This is great news. Yeah, I mean, just looking at this right now, looking at this list of, of, of voice actors, Michael B. Jordan is Killmonger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got uh, Haley Atwell, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, who did I just see here on the top row that I was looking at? I missed it. Uh, uh, I, oh, oh I, Josh Brolin is Thanos. I see Jeff Goldblum down here in the corner. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Chris Sullivan, who played Taserface. Michael Rooker <laughs> is Yondu. I mean, uh, you you name it. Uh, they're, they're in here, man. So, I mean... This this alone, uh, you know, I don't see Chris Evans and I don't see Robert Downey Jr. I mean, that that could but just be bomb. strictly contractual too. Yeah. I mean, they're they've they've they're kind of out of the MCU at this point. So that this is just big news all around. Like mm. there, there's no no 
pushing that one. Do we have anything else for that? No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, even Jerry Renner, uh, who plays Hawkeye, will be doing his own voice. And guess what? Hawkeye gets his own show finally. Yes, uh, we, we we talked about it uh, maybe a month or so ago, maybe even longer. Longer than that, yeah. So there's always been a rumor that this uh, Hawkeye was going to get his own show, and like, well, what Hawkeye can you do? And Mike's favorite Hawkeye, and everyone's favorite Hawkeye is Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, mm-hmm. which introduces uh, not only Kate Bishop, uh, but just has a pizza dog and all these other little fun things mm-hmm. in there. And um, Jeremy Renner actually tweeted the video reveal of the animated logo for Hawkeye. Coming out in 2021. I, I love how no one's supposed to be recording this stuff. And a guy with a flashlight walks by. These are the people that are checking, making sure people don't have phones out there recording. Yeah. And he probably looked as like, oh, this is Jeremy Renner. This is show. I guess if he's recorded, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right right here, uh, you get to see the whole little thing here with the Kate Bishop reveal. We don't know who it is. We don't know what's going on. But um, it's taking the Diffraction logo, at least, from, from that point yeah. of view. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just great. I hope Matt Fraction uh, gets a little slice of this uh, because this this seems very much is going to be inspired from his uh, writing style and direction. So maybe he at least gets to take a, take a pass on the script or something like that. Uh, I think he's been in the mix for uh, show running some of his other comic books that he's uh, written in the past outside of Marvel. So uh, I think they should tap him. They should use that resource if they can. Yeah, um, and, and so there you go. And it'll be coming to Disney Plus as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get to see some of that. I think they said that this takes place in between uh, literally the st- opening sequence of Endgame and Endgame. Like, after he loses his family and in, uh, when they Oh, so, so we're going to get Sad Hawkeye. We'll, we'll probably get Sad Hawkeye training somebody else to do the bow and arrow while he goes and does the, the mm, sword stuff. All right, well, so, well, at least we're getting something uh, towards the... That's that's updated, you yeah. know, not in some sort of like pocket timeline. Yeah, so that that's the rumor, at least. I don't know. Again, a lot of information. We have to filter through a lot of this mm. to, to get the real stuff. So, we're Ooh, Chris, we're, we're getting close to some of the best news. I don't know if year. you noticed the first big reveal <laughs> for this next movie came from the animated thing, and we'll talk about it here in a second. Mm. But uh, we know Thor four was coming. We are that earlier this week, in the middle of the week. They're like Thor four is coming, and I'm yeah. like, well, if it's true, it's going to be announced on Saturday. Yep. And guess what? It is mm. Thor. Love and Thunder, November 2021. What a cool title. And the logo's even cooler. Yeah, this is pure 80s, right mm-hmm. right out of the 80s. Written and directed by Taika Waititi, coming back again strong after his Ragnarok debut. And let me tell you what, um, people were looking at that voice actor panel that was earlier, and they're mm-hmm. like, why is Natalie Portman back in Marvel? <laughs> well, guess what? Natalie Portman's coming back to Thor, Love and Thunder, and she will appear as... Jane Foster Thor, the mighty Thor from the recent Jason Aaron comics run. You know, let's let's just hope to God that it seems like they're giving her something to do at least now. They pretty much wrote her uh, they pretty much wrote her out of these movies, and now they're bringing her back. Uh, we, we were kind of guessing maybe they're giving her uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow money, uh, since she it looks like she might be out of the well, MCU now. <laughs> well, honestly, I mean, we talked about this. The first Thor movie's uh, serviceable. Mm-hmm. Second one... No. <laughs> um, th- so maybe she was a little bummed out about it. But now that, you know, they're kind of putting, um, you know, some of the stuff back into the hands of the creators. They're getting better people to do mm-hmm. this. Thor's come into his own uh, enough to probably get another trilogy, I would I would guess. Like, uh-huh. that would be cool to see a Watiti trilogy that's like three, four, and five. Um, and, you know, Natalie Portman coming in as Jane Foster. That's going to be, that's just huge to see what's going on with her being mighty and, and how this all comes back together. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Again, we saw Thor, fat Thor leaving with the Asgardians <laughs> of the galaxy uh, um, at the end of Endgame. What, how does this work? I don't know, but guess what? We only have to wait 
uh, a year or two and a half years, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's still a chance. We we were guessing maybe a Beta Ray Bill could pop up in this. Yep. Uh, there's still a chance uh, for sure. You always got to leave something to reveal in a trailer, but we love seeing uh, uh, Taika come back. Uh, I guess this possibly takes him off of Akira. That that moves. It's on the bottom of the. Uh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna bring that up. Okay. Um, but it, but so they also brought out um, what's her face. Um, Tessa Thompson? Yes, Tessa Thompson's mm-hmm. Valkyrie. So, and she said she was looking for a queen for her kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going to get some LGBT uh, representation. Yep. Uh, very fortright, not just a Russo brother yeah. talking about going on a date with a dude in, in, in Endgame and, and so, crying at dinner. But we have no idea where this will go. Yeah. Uh, but it looks really fun, and I'm very, very. Yeah, and, it, and it's called Love and Thunder. So, uh, if love's in the title, we better see Sif come back. We got to tie up that loose end. Nah, uh, we need yeah, we need, to, we need to bring her back. So, maybe, I don't know if we're going to do like a love triangle tesseract cube what's going on here but i i I love this idea and also just if you go find some of the footage online the stuff that's actually you can see that they don't care if you record uh taika watiti just having a good time up there on stage Uh, go check that out it's really fun the biggest reveal of the night they do the one more thing thing Uh, they're like oh we got one more thing and we're like what is it when is it what is it i'm thinking avengers i never guess i never saw this i made a i made a joke tweet earlier in the week that uh marvel could uh announce like a fantastic four they could announce a new wolverine and people would still be talking about this cats trailer i i was just trying to go out there with it i wasn't expecting this announcement yeah um, they're like one more thing. We're bringing out actor Mahershala Ali. And you're mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's awesome! Oscar winning, you know. Yeah. What, what's he? What's he doing out there? What, what, what are they doing something with Luke Cage? Because yeah. he was Cottonmouth in the first season yeah. of Luke Cage. No, guy's playing Blade. Uh-huh. He's playing the Blade character again. I mean, this is just uh, again. What do you? What do you do with something yeah. like this? I mean, announcing it in typical Kevin Feige fashion with a with embroidered a hat. hat. <laughs> he puts the hat on, and, and it was kind of a, a funny moment if you if you check out uh, the recordings online. Uh, he puts the hat on, and then people just in the good seats in the front row can kind of see it, and they're just like, "What's his blade?" And then you have to kind of wait for the logo reveal uh, officially on the screens, and everybody just loses it. I, I mean, I didn't see this coming. We didn't know where Blade was. I mean, I have a theory that at one point in time, Blade was on a on a spreadsheet under the column of television, and we weren't really sure exactly where he would go. Could he go to Hulu, a- a- ABC Family, or Freeform, whatever it's called? Maybe Netflix, if that was still going to be a thing, and then what we hear is Mahershala Ali after winning his award for Green Book actually reached out to Disney himself and then I think when they got the call from him they're just like okay we're just going to head to move his name over to movie because this is great that he wants to be in it so I'd, I'd love to know how that unfolded and I, I'm assuming eventually there's going to be lots of questions coming towards Mahershala Ali but I, I really want to know how this came together but man what this does is it just proves to my point that the Netflix shows don't matter yeah, <laughs> uh, he, Cotton, he well technically you can play he can play both characters. It doesn't matter. Cottonmouth's dead. It's not like yeah. he's a big bad. Well, also these shows are all, are all canceled yeah. now. So uh, so and, and so I mean it doesn't matter uh, at, at the end of the day. So, but he is coming. In, there's no release date for Blade. He is technically well I, we've mentioned before everything before this is considered Phase Four. Mm-hmm. No Avengers movie to cap off Phase Four because they're doing ten properties now yeah. rather than just movies. Uh, and um, 
Blaze is more in the phase five territory. Yeah. And we talked about this at breakfast. This is going to be the shortest running phase. Uh, not content-wise. There's going to be a lot of content in it, but it's only spanning two years. So they could be changing things up here now. So instead of doing these longer, drawn-out phases with kind of big end caps of Avengers movies, we're going to be getting, like, these smaller phases. I mean, there's still crazy big stuff to look forward to here. I mean, uh, this Doctor Strange movie, we're going to have two, like, top-tier magic users in here. I think that's going to be a blast. Well, I also think one of these things is, like if they're if they're changing the way they're doing it, they don't have to end every phase with an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do phases of ten properties, ten properties, ten properties, mm-hmm. and then at the end of three phases is Galactus, and they've been building to it subtly the whole time. <laughs> and then that Avengers movie is Galactus. Yeah, secret Galactus just looming out there. Yeah. I, I I was kind of maybe expecting maybe a little bit of a hint to a Silver Surfer, uh, but as Kevin Feige said, he did not have the time. They only had like 90 minutes or less to get all this stuff out yeah. there. Yeah, and they were pushing and the he came up and he's like, hey, this is what we got for Phase 4. We're sorry that we didn't have time to mention. And he listed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Fantastic Four, and Mutants specifically yeah he said them out loud so if he said them out loud they're coming (laughs) he's happy because he's like i can finally legally say this because i'm sure they've been talking about all these properties for a long time now probably i mean i think even before they even thought about buying fox they were talking about oh if there was a way we could get it it'd be fun to bring him in here uh i mean this is just this is all great news i mean we, we talked a lot about the about the all of the downsides of Disney buying Fox, but you know, for at least this moment in time, uh, when all of these produce these redundant producers are lo- losing their jobs in between these two studios, I'm just going to take a brief moment to just bask in this in these types of announcements. It, it's just so much fun. Uh, yeah, what a what a crazy uh, whirlwind of news yeah. just at dinner. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was, and then like I said, five bullet points deep here uh, to get all this information in a way that we could disseminate it to you uh-huh. factually and um, James Gunn ad, did, was not at the convention but did say that he has to finish Suicide Squad before he can do Guardians 3 so that's why mm-hmm. it's out but that also gives us like two years we can see be seeing Mutants or Fantastic Four in two and a half years yeah I mean it's possible because this phase is going to wrap up pretty quickly I mean uh, I, I'm, I, I need Disney Plus even more now than I thought I needed uh I mean, there's lots of fun questions that we're going to be talking about over... I mean, we joked after the panel was over, uh, the, the Superhero Slate podcast officially renewed for another season because this is, this is nothing but stuff to talk about for years and years here. Uh, I'm really curious what's going to happen in Blade because uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has... We, we've, we've dealt with aliens. We've dealt with multiverses, or we're going to be dealing with them here shortly. We've been really ingrained in science uh, and magic... But we haven't got creatures yet. We haven't got, like, unexplained monsters and vampires. So I'm looking forward to see how they weave this into the movie. So, I, you know, is this going to be something that's always been happening? Blade's always been out there fighting. Is this something he's going to have to pick up a mantle now because these monsters are starting to come out of the woodwork? Uh, I'm really interested to see well, what's going on here because we all know Hellboy didn't do it right earlier this year. So maybe we got a better chance for a, a more established... Uh, uh, um, universe to bring in our creature features. Well, I, Blade is half vampire, so vampires have have to existed before he was mm, born. Yeah, that's true. Now, also, what if maybe they're just not in America yet? Maybe he's off in Europe, Transylvania, like really. I mean, that makes sense. Transylvania, because, I guess that makes sense because right? America is only focused literally on New York or San Diego, uh-huh. San Francisco area. Like, there's no 
overlap in the middle of the country and there's no overlap in any other country. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could explain it like America relatively is a is a newer country and these monsters could have taken well, root in older cities. Well, True Blood takes place in Georgia or somewhere like that. Like, and, sure, I've never seen it, but sure. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but it's like in a place where Marvel's never focused uh-huh. their characters. So maybe Blade is fighting these vampires in the backwoods. Maybe he's just doing a really good job and that's why we haven't heard about him. He's just really solid at killing vampires. Yeah. He's making sure it's not a problem for people out there. But... But really, like this, this slate of properties, mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, do, you, do you guys remember when Blade showed up in the '90s uh, Spider-Man cartoon? I'm looking forward to that happening in real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, we we talked about a lot of this stuff, um, but still surprises, left and right surprises. Holy Thor, cow. Thor four before that, you know, we wanted it to happen. We didn't know if it would happen, but I can't believe that that leaked and Blade. It's just it's mm-hmm. been a good been a good weekend yes but that's not the only thing there are other shows here there are other things here surprisingly other things happened at this comic book convention <laughs> in these panels and um agents of shield was a big panel i didn't get to go to uh we could have stayed but we went to see uh brain games instead um, the, uh, yeah that panel thing yeah so we could have stayed in marvel saw uh, agents of shield but they announced season seven next year will be the last season of the show with a shorter batch of episodes yeah i i, I think we, uh there was speculation out there that the show could be wrapping we know we, they had these two shorter seasons um I, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Obviously, Marvel's taking this route of putting stuff on their streaming service, and maybe even quality wasn't really so much a, of an issue of just like, we're just going to let ABC do its ABC thing. And uh, I mean, the shows are wrapping up at Netflix. Uh, it seems like they're finishing up on ABC. We don't really know exactly what's going to happen over on Hulu, but it seems like Disney is going to own that streaming service possibly outright someday too. So uh, just a timely consolidation. But uh, they, they've seven, had seven they, seasons of a show is pretty good. Yeah, they've had a good run. They won us back over. I hated that first season. It was yeah. garbage. But uh, the 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 second the second board Whedon just yeah. crawled his way back. And this is great. A great thing about Chris being here—he never gets to see the hand motions I do, that I do anyway, even wow. if you're not here. So yeah. Uh, so in Shield, you know, season six, um, there, there's a lot of space, a lot of weird time. They had time travel last season, space travel. They're all over the place. They're just doing what they want to do now. And mm-hmm. um, while it might not affect the MCU as a whole, I think it is still the closest knit show to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because a, we have Agent Coulson, uh, or who was supposedly dead, but now there's another guy from a different universe or dimension. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7 will be the last so they can prep and mm-hmm. do it properly. We personally sat in the Marvel Games panel, and I only bring this up because I just picked up, literally on the way back from San Diego, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 to That's play right. in the airplane. Yeah, Chris was just like, I will not go back to the airport without a new video game. That's right. <laughs> so, And they said that we're going to get free DLC that lets us play Cyclops and Loki and Colossus in the game. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think I get Loki as soon as I pop it in that switch later today uh, before I leave here, and then Cyclops and Colossus later in the year, and then there'll be more paid DLC after that. Yeah. So add more characters. Then we got to see the Avengers game play footage. This was like 20 minutes of like the first whole first level of this yeah, game. Yeah, basically they were like uh, the beginning of the game, the stuff that you've seen released already is basically the training mission. Like the majority of the game is what happens after the events that you saw in that E3 trailer. So we got to see all basically the skill sets of all the heroes. Maybe yeah. Cap a little less than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got long segments with Thor and Hulk and Black, Black Widow, Widow may, maybe was the longest. Yeah, so like they actually showed us the whole gameplay. They didn't skip anything. Uh, the trailer has a lot of this already in it, but it mm-hmm. skips the actual gameplay sections. It just cuts like it's a movie. 
So we get to see, you know, like Black Widow taking on Taskmaster, and then they show some stuff later, like some brief snippets where the, the, the you actually get skill trees that show some custom costumes people get. Yeah, they sh- they showed Hulk in his like, kind of mobster casino. Yeah, yeah Mister Fix It. Yeah, so it looks like they're okay with uh with being a little goofy with uh with skins. Yeah, so I think I think the skins are gonna be all paid, and that's how this money's gonna be made because yeah. all the DLC. Uh, characters, new characters levels are free. Yeah, and I think I, I leaned over to you. This is me falling for the skins, which is something I've never done. I told Chris, I want all of my Avengers on my team to look like they work for a casino. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we got to see that footage. Uh, people talked. I think the, the leak footage is online too, but like we saw it. It's real. It looks good. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's platform agnostic. Uh, you can buy it on Switch, PC, not Switch, um, Xbox, PlayStation, PC, or Stadia. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can play it on any of those. It, no crossplay is confirmed, but like if you pre-order the PlayStation, you get early beta access. Yeah. And it looks it looks good. People said you know they were concerned about the gameplay footage. I think maybe at E3, but they didn't show any. So now they have. It yeah, it looks I mean, good. I'm I think I'm more cautiously optimistic than anything else because, like they said, this is just the beginning opening of the game. So we're not seeing possibly any of the more complicated moves that you can do. Uh, what we saw, it seemed pretty almost like straightforward, like beat 'em up. It seems like you just push forward on the joystick and just like maybe hit the action button to, to beat up what's in front of you so I would expect as the game goes on maybe it gets maybe it gets a little bit more complex especially with the customization but I, I'm always here for these games for the story I, I love the story elements I mean I've been playing uh, Uncharted and that the gameplay in that game is very straightforward mm-hmm. it's just basically climbing around with very basic shooting so uh, it, it seems like they're going to have a really fun story going on here yeah me, me and Quentin uh, talk because me and Quentin are the gamers yes the three of us. I'm the plebeian it looks like it's cooldown management which is a lot like I don't know if you played God of War yet, Mike. But well, you're the one that told me it's from the the same that they the same, hired a guy. Yeah, the the action, uh, the 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 fighting thing mm-hmm. for God of War, and it looks just like the God of War. Like you're you're fighting like a group of like several enemies, and you have to figure out how to take them down using the abilities you have. Yeah, while you, they recharge. you can pin a guy down with Thor's hammer, and then you can go beat other people up. And I he, thought that was clever. And he's like swinging them outside of the the little area you're fighting. Yeah, they and, like, like disappear off into the horizon as you knock them yeah, off the bridge. It looked fun, and then there was some actual like later gameplay stuff in like a forest. It looked like and some other stuff. Oh yeah, that was a big reveal too of just seeing uh, Iron Man fly around in a in a wooded area. Yeah, so. and like have like all his rock and stuff yeah so I'm, I'm very excited for this game uh, to say the least and if anyone's concerned I will tell you it did it, it blew me away there and I gotta see the guy who's in charge of the president of Marvel Games Bill Roseman on the floor later and I thanked him for this all the stuff he's doing in gaming because there was a lot more gaming stuff there but yeah. nah, I don't remember that's what it was. The, yeah that's a whole other aspect of Comic Con is really cool is just being able to run into these people uh, I'm, I'm not sure if anybody out there is uh, familiar with the YouTube channel Freddie W they've really blown up over the years from just doing little short films to doing to getting their own shows on Hulu and doing kind of like Black Mirror-esque uh, uh, shows on the, on their own, which has been really cool. And I, I saw just one of the one of the producers that work with works with that YouTube channel just kind of on the floor, you know, chatted with them, had them, handed them a comic book and a sticker. So yeah, you can just you can totally run into a, any any span of professionals at this convention, and you can literally tell them, hey, good job, thank you for making some good games. Yeah. I'll buy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate it. Because uh, it was funny because when we were in the games panel, like Ultimate Alliance 3 came out like an hour after we were done. <laughs> like we left the panel like, yeah, you can go by it at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh-huh. So that's fun. Yeah, the guy moderating that panel was hilarious too. I started Greg Miller him. from IGN, yeah. Shout out to Greg Miller. I, I, I doubt he, he has enough free time to listen to our podcast. But if anybody knows Greg Miller, tell tell him I think he's really funny. And I started following him because of that panel. Yeah, he's yeah, good good moderators this year. 
Uh, Titans uh, with uh, season two will debut September sixteenth, twenty nineteen. If you have the DC uh, streaming service app, or what other streaming service could you have to watch this coming out next year? Yeah, it's HBO Max, but Titans not coming to HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, I bet it will. I probably will later, but not not a debut at least. Uh, and then we have a couple picks from their panel where it shows a low res of, of uh, Deathstroke mm-hmm. and a low res of Aqualad there. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to need to wait for the high res because is that a goatee on Aqualad? And it looks like it's it looks like it's um, like craft paper just glued to his chin. I'll wait for the HD, but yeah. uh, the the suit from what I can tell looks cool. Yeah, yeah, both of them look pretty good. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's fine if you like Titans that they look like they're. I thought that Deathstroke photo was like something from that uh, the Snyder footage. <laughs> release the Snyder cut. Did you see that banner flying around when you were waiting in line? I saw all line? three people who want to release the Snyder cut. <laughs> Uh, but that Deathstroke, he's like in the back of a plane, and it looks like that test footage. They he, did with he must have been flying that plane around at Comic Con with the banner that said "Release yeah. the Snyder Cut." Yeah, yes, Lord. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you're in the Titans, uh, you got that to look forward to. It's coming up uh, right around the corner. Doom Patrol uh, got uh, renewed for season two, and you know, knowing that it's an effects-heavy show, they're going to have to wait until next year to do it. And what that means, it will come on DC Universe and HBO Max for Doom Patrol. So they're going to fraction their their things for now and um if you get hbo max you'll my assumption is they're going to keep it standalone and if you just like just keep the app and like do minor updates and if you have your hbo max you can log into the DC yeah who, who knows they, they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of communication they got to figure out with their consumers yeah. so you got that if you like doom patrol uh they didn't really show us anything else that if you're into R-rated uh, cartoon uh, shows, not hentai, uh, not exactly. hentai, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, car- cartoons. Uh, and Harley Quinn's animated series preview trailer came out, and Lord, do they use some language in there? And she loves beating people with a baseball bat. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we get to see some pretty high tier characters in too. Uh, she's palling around with Batman. Uh, the Joker was in there. Clayface, uh, like Clayface and uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah, it, I mean, this is definitely angled uh, for comedic effect. Yeah, the animation didn't really sell me that much. It looks like they're trying to do it on a budget, which makes sense for the DC streaming app. So it's not like they're going all out. And actually, I, I've been starting to hear people kind of just complaining of the quality of animation over at Warner Brothers in general. Like I know, I. I think Batman Hush uh, uh, is coming out soon, and some people have been seeing the trailers for that and comparing that to the beautiful comic book of Hush and then seeing the animation adaption. Of course, you're always going to lose a little bit there, but I think some people out there are kind of hoping maybe Warner Brothers steps it steps it back up to the quality that they used to have, but Harley Quinn will be all right as long as it's funny because as long as your content's hilarious, it doesn't really matter how it's animated. Um, at, at Comic-Con this weekend, there was a panel um, for like the 20th anniversary anniversary celebration of home movies, yeah, which yeah. which was a, which was a, an Adult Swim original, and that animation was awful. It was just literally squiggly lines and characters, but it was it was honestly hilarious so uh as long as they nail the comedy down you know i i won't be too well, harsh on them on the, on to the me animation. it looks like clay uh clay face is kind of kind of be like the the, the humor person yeah, he, he, turn, he turns into like a thumbs up at some point and yeah, i think like, he was like a bartender in one scene wasn't yeah, he, or yeah, something so like, like that. maybe like, they're doing like a villain lounge yeah like. he just turned it into <laughs> different stuff so i think he, he might be the, the thing but uh, they they use some language in that show that's not gonna be for kids <laughs> language so 
Uh, if you're into Arrow and you know the show ends later this uh, year in the next season, uh, Brandon Ruth showed up on their panel and you're like, Brandon Ruth, he doesn't he play Ray Palmer in Legends of Tomorrow? Yes, but he'll be suiting up back up as Superman again for the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Uh, that'll be fun. I mean, there's going to be lots of different Earths colliding, like literally from that comic book story. So, you know, you could see uh, Superman showing up like that. Uh, I mean, uh, we don't, we don't, uh, we're not too deep in the CW lore over there. I still watch The Flash and I tell Chris every once in a while when something really interesting happens on it. Uh, but usually I force him to watch these uh, watch these crossovers, so he's at least going to watch the crossover this year. And stay tuned, and, and we'll, we'll talk Apparently about Apparently I'm stuff. watching the crossover this year. <laughs> uh, but knowing that, that it is the wrap-up of Arrow completely, you know, that might be you know interesting to do. But Brandon Ruth is not playing his 2006 version of Superman again because of the rights to that. He's playing the Kingdom Come version because he showed up in the comic suit for that one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Kingdom Come one, um, in that one, like uh, superheroes, like I don't know, they just kind of went away to do like their own little things, mm-hmm. and they're it's much older. It's, it's a really good comic written by Mark Wade, but like he can't play the same one, which is what people wanted him to do. So, mm-hmm. but he had the Kingdom Come suit on for Superman, so maybe we'll see that version of him. So, good for Brandon Ruth who gets to be Superman again mm-hmm. after all those years. Batwoman, uh, what's her? The actress for that had to pull out of the panel due to filming her show Batwoman. Uh, but the Batman villain Hush that Mike just brought up will actually be the main bad guy in the show uh, for the first season. And um, the actor Burt Ward, who was the 1960s Robin in Batman and Robin, uh, will appear at some point. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, he's like going to have a cameo or something. Not like a, I guess not a main role, but um, we'll see what he does with that. Yeah. And I mean, there's some links for different uh, trailers out there for the CW universe. But uh, their, their filming schedule conflicts, like Chris just said, directly with Comic-Con. So usually if there's trailers or sneak peeks for things at Comic-Con, they, all it is is just kind of like uh, uh, almost like a look back at other seasons, especially with the Arrow one where they're just kind of doing like an omnibus of looking back at all the seasons of Arrows. You don't really get any reveals of the trailers, just kind of there to hype people up. And then the cast flies, basically flies down from Vancouver to kind of like do Q&A with people in those halls. So uh, Comic-Con's really not the time for uh, the CW show. So I guess uh, stay tuned and we'll probably be getting more news about that later down later down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I assume probably August because they'll be right hot on the heels of... They're coming out in September, so mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be when we'll get it. But uh, Batwoman's going to have the, the villain Hush, which is normally a Batman villain, so I think they're going like, to delve into why he hates Batman mm-hmm. more. Batman Beyond, we got to sit in the whole panel for Batman Beyond with the voice actors, including uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice, yeah. the iconic voice of Batman in the animated series. Such an awesome voice. And uh, Will Friedle, who was the voice of uh, Terry McGinnis in mm-hmm. that. Uh, they announced the Blu-ray box set for the entire series. Uh, they... Uh, rescanned a lot of them and they had to upscale some other ones that got destroyed. Yeah, I liked how honest they were with it too. They're like, okay, listen, there's like 50 episodes of Batman Beyond. We were able to find the originals for about 30 of them and yeah. the other ones we had to upscale them. So I thought it was cool that they showed us the side by sides for both of those types. And uh, it was just really cool hearing them uh, talk about Batman Beyond. And uh, they brought out Bruce Timm, who's yeah, kind of the Tim. architect of this whole uh, Warner Brothers animation universe of Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, and stuff. So it was funny to hear their stories about how, like, uh, the studio wanted a younger Batman so they could basically get a younger audience. And they're just like, well, if we're going to make a brand new Batman, he's going to be awesome. So and, and they got it greenlit the day of. They told yeah. them, they were, they were like, okay, we'll come back in a couple weeks with the pitch. And they're like, no, no, do it now. Yeah, do it now. We need it. <laughs> We need it now. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool to see that. Um, Just yeah. that they were all telling stories about the episodes and the production mm-hmm. of the episodes. It was some really good insight. And I've never seen Batman Beyond. So, like, to me... Chris... 
Chris has got some education to do. Really fun. If you haven't checked out Batman Beyond, you'll have the chance to do it uh, on Blu-ray. Yeah, and the Blu-ray does include the movie Return of the Joker. So Yeah, can... where Mark Hamill rep- reprises his role and as the Joker. And it's dark, too. They weren't the, – even the panelists up there weren't sure if this was the rated R cut of, of Return yeah. of the Joker. But, man, that's going to be quite a box set. Uh, they kept telling you, go pre-order it now because um, – uh, a, a cute little kid came up to the microphone and did a Q&A and asked a question everybody had of when are we getting a new season of Batman Beyond and Bruce Tim was basically like hey uh, if you go out and you everybody buys this Blu-ray box set and we get enough uh, attention we might be able to make more of it yeah. which honestly that'd be, that'd be so cool yeah it would just be on DC Universe so Mike you'd have to get that to watch it but well, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so Batman Beyond it was really fun to, to see that and, and do that uh, the Boys, which is all over there because it comes out like next week, mm-hmm. and Amazon had a lot of stuff, and you know we had to skip out on some of that. Uh, it's already been renewed for season two. Uh, they have a lot of faith in this show with Carl Urban and good on them. Uh, Seth Seth Rogen uh, wraps up his uh, show Preacher and just starts another one over on a different network, so uh, that keeps on rolling. They were doing some viral marketing down there at the con of when I was waiting in line to go check out uh, Primal and uh, Rick and Morty. Um, and Solar Opposites, uh, they they were handing out these flyers of like, uh, uh, come come join our uh, protest against the soups or whatever. Yeah. Just kind of a, a weird word, but I guess maybe it got across well in the original comic book version. So yeah, Amazon was out there pushing the boys. Uh, I mean, it was on every bus. Yeah, I'll take this moment real quick because I don't I don't think it's in the, in the show notes, but I got to sit in the panel for Gindy Tartakovsky's new cartoon, uh, Primal. He's the guy who created everybody's favorite cartoon uh, growing up, uh, Dexter's lab and he also did more recently samurai jack those are all his properties and the star wars clone wars yes, animated show the animated one which are beautiful yeah. and if you've ever seen any of gindy's work you'll notice he's very light on dialogue and not just because he, he's not a person that doesn't like to write but he just knows when to leave his cards on the table basically he knows when music needs to be more important in, in his storytelling and when just to, to show you with the art of animation how to tell a story so we got to see uh, the first episode of his new show on adult swim called primal which a friend of the show quentin was there with me watching it and boy was it brutal and uh, i i need it now i tweeted about it as soon as it was done saying that he's obviously going to get the the animation emmy for this or an eisner award or something uh throw all the awards at him because this just looks beautiful because it's about a caveman basically living in a, a fictitious time but you know it looks realistic to where humans lived alongside of dinosaurs which technically never happened but hey it's a cartoon that so they're making it happen anyway so there's no dialogue in this show because English was not invented. I'm assuming that there may be grunts, if you will, or some sort of vague uh, 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 communication between other cave people, maybe with like sticks and scrawls. I don't know, but no one's talking. So he was, uh, he took the stage and he was saying um, how it's great where you don't have to worry about a dialogue track when you're mixing your show because now your your music and your sound effects can really go full force and take up all of your all of your speaker bandwidth, basically. So uh, we got to see some brutal stuff of dinosaurs eating other dinosaurs um we got to see this uh caveman like uh just mutilating other other animals with uh tons of blood everywhere very emotional and beautiful 
So I'll leave it with a, a quote that uh, Gindy set up on stage where uh, the art direction for the show is uh, no blue skies and no green grass. So that's uh, some of the limitations he puts on his crew there. So uh, check out Primal when it comes out on Adult Swim. I don't remember the date. I would assume it's soon if they have the first episode done and we got to watch it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I checked that out when I was in line for Indigo Ballroom, and that's when that's when the boys people came by with their flyers. So that's that's my tangent, but, boy, I think it's worth it. All right. Uh, some of the other stuff, one of the bigger uh, panels on uh, Saturday for Hall H, a lot of people were in line for, was actually uh, Star Trek. They had mm-hmm. a Star Trek panel, and they brought on uh, the Picard show. Uh, with I think Patrick Stewart might have been there. I don't know. Yeah, I think he was. I was too over it. He was the, too dejected. In the morning to say, but they gave us the, the all-access trailer for Comic-Con. And, um, you know, I'm not a Star Trek fan. Uh, yeah. Not watch The Next Generation, but it looks like it takes place 20 years, at least 20 years after the other one, which would be about appropriate time-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're bringing back some of the big characters from Picard, saying they've got Jerry Ryan as, uh, uh, I think, Seven of Nine, who's like a Borg person. Mm-hmm. A Borg rebellion. They even showed the Borg cube at the end there. Um, he's protecting some sort of girl who has some sort of ability to maybe in the Earth. Yeah. And they bring back uh, Data again uh, at the end of that show. So um, it looks like they're pulling out all the stops for for the show with Patrick Stewart for CBS All Access. I have uh, nothing to add because I do. I, do, I was watching the trailer. I was like, well, this looks cool, but I don't know anything that's going on. Yeah, so. I, I tangentially know Star Trek stuff because I'm like, what are these Borg people thing? And uh-huh. What have I seen? But uh, I you know, I mean, people seem very excited, and I'm happy for them that they're th- excited. There's, uh, if you like the next generation, you're gonna love some of the references in this. Mm-hmm. Watchmen was also all over the place down there. So much that Mike got a bag from. Yeah, it. I got a collectible bag of Watchmen. There's two Watchmen bag, and our hotel keys that were cards were branded with like these new Watchmen logos too. Yeah, yeah. and they had like QR codes in them. Uh, and then there was a big. Uh, they had a. It, they had a trailer that came out. The Comic Con trailer. Um, and I'm putting it here in our show notes because we, we actually watch, we watch all these trailers together, by the way, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but the series is actually a prequel to the comic, at least, where Adrian Veidt... Yeah, yeah, I think you mean a sequel, not a prequel. I'm sorry, a sequel, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the link two down below. Um, but a uh, sequel to the comic book many years later, uh, you know, Dr. Manhattan is in this. It's a big, big reveal. Yeah, they, they show him briefly with, like, CCTV footage almost, it looks like, on Mars. And then at the end, he's on, actually on picking up a blue mask. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeremy Irons is playing uh, Ozymandias, mm-hmm. uh, Adrian Veidt. And then um, the actress, Jean Smart, um, they mentioned her name. She's the lady they're talking to. She's like, do you... Um, do you remember such and such? She's like, neither do I. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, do you know how to tell from her name? Mask cop and a master. Yeah. She's like, neither do I. That's actually the character Silk Spectre 2, who was with Night Owl. Mm-hmm. In the, 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 oh, the okay, gotcha. So she's looking to take on a different role as well. So this trailer uh, looks to... It's very interesting it looks very politically charged they're definitely kind of making a statement of uh maybe things going on in the country right now not exactly kind of talking about like you know uh things but you know the best thing about comic books and science fiction is allegory so it looks like there's a lot of allegory going on here um the uh, the kind of the metallic Rorschach masks are they're kind of cool. So yeah. I don't know if maybe people in the future have kind of twisted the words of Rorschach and kind of using his kind of maybe manifesto that he possibly might play a role from the yeah. movie. Maybe people have twisted that in the words that he actually truly doesn't believe. Because why would you be wearing these kind of Rorschach esque shiny mask when it doesn't seem like you're standing for probably what he stood for? So it seems like there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Um, it going looks, on it looks very there. polished. It looks very very HBO mm. quality level. Yes. 
Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna check this out. Um, there was at one point they showed a Doctor Manhattan booth at a carnival. It looked like there. They actually had that booth at Comic Con. You could step inside. Oh, of it. they did. Yeah, yeah that's it, cool. It was a couple blocks away. So, um, yeah, Watchmen. There you yeah. go. Another Ma- trailer. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it on the show in a couple weeks. But HBO was also there with uh, his Dark Materials, which okay. we watched the trailer for that and looked very very expensive. Yeah. Uh, so uh, since we're about to talk about Netflix here in, in a second, I think Netflix mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that they're gonna stop. They're going to try not to spend so much money on new content going forward. It looks like HBO is doing the exact opposite, putting a bunch of money into things like HBO and uh, His Dark Materials. And, and, you know, they said that Netflix, but they keep announcing things. Like <laughs> I'm like, maybe they're paying me, maybe they're paying higher IP premiums uh-huh. and not greenlighting so many of the, the under shows. Yeah, maybe. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of the cosplay, I did see a lot of uh, Umbrella Academy cosplays this weekend. Um, people from the Umbrella Academy all over the place. Yeah, and uh, I think you're also missing the number one Jesus. Netflix property, Scoops Ahoy, yeah. taking over the convention this year. Every year, there always seems to be one standout costume. In the past, it was Ray from Star Wars, Har- Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, Deadpool. Deadpool's always there's always Deadpool. Yeah, it was easier when the movie came out. Yeah, there was. A, I I saw my fair share of Fat Thor's and chubby Spider-Man from Spider Verse. So yeah. really representing the dad bot out there. But yeah, Scoops Ahoy, everybody they came in pairs they came in quads uh, troops yeah i uh, i yelled at them every time i saw them i was just like scoops troops so uh if you if you wanted to guess what your uh what your halloween party is going to be like in a couple months it's going to be scoops Scoops, troops yeah um but netflix dropped on this uh uh the witcher with henry uh, cavill um Mm -hmm. playing uh geralt of rivia uh this trailer looks wild yeah, another expensive-looking show. I don't really know much about this. Um, he, he's the, hunting monsters for money. Yeah, it's, about it. it seems like they mentioned about humans being able to use magic. I'm sure people out there who played the games are probably much more familiar with, with what's going on here or definitely who read the books. They probably know what's going here. I don't know any of it, but uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very impressed with the way uh, – um, with how Henry Cavill looks. There's like a semi shirtless scene with him in there. And it's like, so he's still just as ripped as he was when he was Superman. If anybody out there was worried about that. (laughs) Well, he looks better. The hair looks better in motion as Mm -hmm. well. And at one part of the end, he looks like he's like got black eyes and he's like powering up to fight a huge spider in a lake or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, there's going to be monsters in this. Yeah. We got to see monsters. It's going to be monsters. They're going to be magic. It it looks fun. Uh, Some people reached out uh, talking to us about the show saying that they're looking forward to seeing what the Witcher is going to be. So am I. It looks, it looks fun. It looks extremely nerdy. looks like Netflix is, uh, is going to hit fantasy with the watcher. As we said, Amazon's going to hit it with Lord of the Rings. Uh, Watchmen looks like, I mean, HBO, it looks like they're gonna try to hit it with maybe his dark materials kind of different type of fantasy there but it seems like magic is still involved with that show possibly yeah no clue but it looks pretty good so you can watch that trailer there as well uh, earlier in the week and uh, not at comic-con because um fox slash disney uh didn't take it there but the king's man uh got a full trailer and mm-hmm. it looks to be honest i'm really surprised with this uh Darker uh, telling of uh, the Kingsman uh, history. Yeah, I don't. I don't see basically any any wacky antics or the kind of more of the cartoon direction uh, the second Kingsman took. So I'm okay with that. I know me and Chris are a little split on the second Kingsman movie, but I'm okay with this direction. I mean, it doesn't look like they're necessarily like Snyder fying it of going like really dark with it, but it looks like they're they're going to take more of a serious route. When, like I said, uh, to to have a, an agency that operates so effectively later on they mm-hmm. had to refine themselves in war and, and become 
you know, really efficient in wartime. And uh, it looks like the movie's main actor is actually Ray Fine, mm-hmm. um, being the, the main actor. And I thought not the kid who was with him. I thought the kid yeah. would focus on the kid, like do a revert, like a an exe in the World War One kind of thing. But it looks like yeah. they're going the other way and like, mm-hmm. focusing on him. And he's got some good action scenes and some stuff like that. I was really impressed with the look. Is, is this is this still Matthew Matthew Vaughn yes. directing? Okay. He's, he's uh, this is his baby now. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll see, we'll see like the ramp up speed kind of effects that I, I are really cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's always he's always done a great visual style uh, mm-hmm. with, with those movies. We like them. I mean, they look good. So um, I'm excited to kind of see. See where that goes uh, as, as well. Um, so check that trailer out in our show notes. Uh, wrapping up here, a couple more. The Walking Dead had a... I think they had a panel. Yeah, they had a big panel this weekend. Uh, Dana Guerrera, is that her name? Uh, she's Sure. <laughs> she uh, she plays Michonne with the swords in the, in the show. Okay. She's leaving the show after this season, so they're, like, they're losing characters left and right. She's probably getting cast in a Marvel movie. And, well, I mean, she's already in Black Panther, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's been in Avengers. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the movie series where Rick Grimes left and you know he's not living in the they promised at least three movies uh, are going to exclusive theatrical releases. They're not going to AMC uh, channel. So. Mm, I think this is the first time on the show where I'm going to say, I don't care. <laughs> That's I don't, not the first time. I, I don't watch it anymore. And I actually overheard people talking about uh, The Walking Dead on the show floor, just like people randomly in a crowd with me. And they're just like, do people still watch the, the show anymore? Like, so there's people seriously like – Who's still alive on that show? What's going on? Like, is this person still there? So just, it's not at the height of its powers that it used to be. So I'm surprised that they still think it needs a theatrical release, you know? Well, like, I mean, I don't think they would do it if they didn't have the faith behind maybe, it. Cause maybe. Because Rick Grimes was a draw, and now he's been gone long enough to, like, this is a shot in the arm, but now it doesn't necessarily mean you have to watch the TV show because I'm not going to tie to it. But like, it's probably one of two things are going to happen. It's going to be a, a very limited release, kind of like what they've done with Game of Thrones in the past, where like, oh, you can go see the Battle of the Bastards episode in the theaters if you catch it this one weekend. Uh, or maybe the other thing that could happen is that they just knock it out of the park and they just show us the most intense trailer. It doesn't look anything like a Walking Dead episode. It looks like it has a theatrical budget, and then we're all excited for Walking Dead again. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, who knows? Um, I didn't know this, but the, um, you told me uh, earlier this week the Walking Dead comic book done yeah it's uh, over with like it 193 it, episodes yeah it was it was, it was just a it was like a it was like a secret ending like no one really knew it was happening you said robert kirkman and uh image comics kind of showed that it was going to keep on yeah, going fake uh solicitations for future months so people didn't know yeah it was gonna end and, and it just wrapped up so i don't know I, I don't know i don't keep up with the comic books i don't know what's going on there i don't know if anything got explained uh which is one thing that i think the tv show needed at least a little bit you you know, some sort of explanation of what happened in this world. Uh, you know, with a comic book, it's a different type of animal. You can kind of get away with that. So uh, maybe The Walking Dead proper, you know, everything maybe will start wrapping up here in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the Walking Dead is only going to theaters, so there's not a limited time. Like, it's a big, big weekend. And it's not done by AMC's Universal. So AMC's a producer, but, like, it's mm-hmm. a Universal movie. Yeah. I just had to double check because I'm like – Maybe I want to make sure I had that information right, but they are working with a company called um, Skybound Entertainment. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the the 
the separate kind of entertainment company that Robert Kirkman yeah. uh, is, is with. I, and they did the game Super Fight, the card game Super Fight. Have you ever heard of Super Fight? I haven't, but that's cool. I've heard a lot about Super Fight. <laughs> they, uh, so it looks like it's, it's going to go through. So if you're a big fan of that Walking Dead, that's the thing. You know, you still see people dressed up as Negan. Oh, that guy thought I, I yelled at him in Negan the other night when we were walking. Back. Oh, yeah. He had a good Negan voice, too. Uh, man, that's great. You can just walk around downtown San Diego and everybody's dressed I thought, up in well, costumes. He had a baseball bat. He could have hit me. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I said, nerd alert. But I was yelling at across the street and he thought I was yelling at him but yeah anyway, it's fine and lastly uh, Mike's uh, heart's so broken here the Akira live action remake uh, with Taika Waititi uh, and Warner Brothers is putting definitely on hold with Ta- Waititi working on Thor 4 I mean I know you really wanted him to work on Akira first uh, <laughs> I mean I, we were all really confused <laughs> how his uh, style and taste was going to fit with this movie um, I'm not confused. In, in, in my in my opinion, uh, since uh, the anime movies just never seem to work, I feel like I shouldn't get my hopes up. But it almost seems like what's going to happen here is Taika is just going to – and I think he's just going to end up being an executive producer. They're just going to bring on a different director and put the movie out. You know, Taika's he's a busy man. You know, he's, uh, he's working on Thor 4. Uh, I don't think this is a situation where he's going to come back to Akira. So that's my pessimistic view of it that they're just going to keep the project moving because they were talking about – about how they were, you know, they were doing this kind of international casting for it. They wanted to get just just the right casting, but you know, who who knows what's going on here? Uh, in the shadow of Comic Con, uh, I feel like this is the least of the least of my worries, and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll track it, of course. You know, make sure you're subscribed, and we'll let you know any hot Akira news that that rears its its head. But yeah, I won't hear any more for a long time. Yeah, if it's on hold, we we might not. But be prepared for them to just tap a different director and then just make another crappy anime movie, and then we'll we'll just forget it ever happened. My assumption is, my, I'm going to take the other approach. What he's going to do it in between. Like right after, like whenever Thor's rap post, hmm. he's just gonna go work on it really quickly and make a fast one. So, <laughs> you, can you make a, an Akira movie just you know just real quick? Just we just need yeah. one real quick. <laughs> so, or not at all. Either way, I'm not offended. So that is our Comic Con wrap up, Mike. Wow, that this is an omnibus, if you will. Yeah, two full hours here. I need to take a shower and edit this, and then go to bed because I gotta wake up. I gotta leave your house. In uh, six and a half hours, <laughs> so I need to I need to get that that going, Mike. Uh, let's just go ahead and just get our plugs done. We've kept people waiting long enough. Where can they find you? At? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that's the best place you can go to find that little Kevin Feige comic that I made and check out the sticker that I handed out at Comic-Con, and you can read my webcomics over at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to make sure you make a full and safe recovery from your sunburn and you make it back uh, to your home on your flights, and maybe maybe you'll win a, a Nintendo Switch on the way back. Maybe there's going to be some sort of weird cross-promotion there. Uh, where, can, where, can, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or head over to Instagram, Valdan87, where I've been documenting my food journey uh, this week. I'm going to post some other pictures from the convention on there once I go through it. Mm. It's hard to get your phone out and take pictures because they make you keep moving. Yeah, uh, they, they make you keep keep moving. And, and you know, if you really want to see what the floor looks like, just go search uh, San Diego Comic Con hashtag. Pretty much everybody takes the same picture, yeah. unfortunately. So you're basically only taking them for yourself because you're not really showing the internet anything they haven't seen before. Exactly. Uh, and and over there, so uh, you can do that. Mike, people want to listen to more of our episodes. Uh, we've got our next two years of Marvel review <laughs> shows planned out and all that news to follow. Um, uh, whatever our next superhero movie review is, I don't know what it is at this point. I need to go update our page. I still don't update our page with these dates. I'm oh, yeah. This week. <laughs> so we'll have that done this week as well. Um, where can find us at? 
As always, visit SuperheroSlate.com, especially out there if you're a new listener. We have show notes for every episode that we do so you can keep track textually everything that we've been talking about. So the, like like we said, this is one of the bigger shows that we do every year. The, the, the bullet points are off the chain in, in the show notes, so tons of links. You don't have to hunt this down. We did it all for you. I, I watched Chris for the very first time in person assemble these show notes, and he was, uh, he was like lightning on this keyboard. So go check out Superhero slate.com to check out these show notes and you can find us uh anywhere you love getting podcasts we're on apple podcast youtube spotify tune in stitcher iHeartRadio. we're all over the place uh yeah we're we push it wherever we can put it so uh you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram we got merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. So if you're lucky enough to be at the convention and receive that uh, Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet holding the cheeseburger design and you don't just want that on a sticker, you can head to SuperheroSlate.com slash store. You can get that on a shirt. You can get it on a hoodie. Uh, you can get it on baby clothes, I think. You can put your baby in Superhero Slate. I, I find that really humorous. Uh, so you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, we want to know what you think about the show and what you think about the things that we're talking about. So what are your opinions on all of this Marvel stuff that just got announced? What are your opinions on even some of the smaller DC things that were announced on the television space? We, w- we want to know what you think so you can reach out to us on our Twitter accounts, the official Twitter channel. If you want, we, we have a direct email. If you want to write a really long soliloquy that just doesn't fit in the characters on social media, you can hit us up on uh, at SuperheroSlate at gmail.com. We got that awesome all over on our website and of course uh you can become a superhero you can become a super fan of this podcast if you will and all you have to do to do that is share the show with a friend share the show with a buddy and we will be here every week every comic-con that's possible so stay tuned we we love you guys we do this for the love of all of this stuff and this uh, this is for me has been a really fun two hours so i I, i've had a blast so uh chris it's great having you in my room yes uh but you're not going to be here next week so uh uh make sure your your skype is finely tuned and we'll keep this train rolling i never have a problem (laughs) so uh i'm ready to go get this stuff done and you know, into this uh, week-long journey. Yeah. Really. And God, I want to feel better. <laughs> work, so. um, thank you guys for listening to our super awesome, super long, super Comic-Con wrap-up episode, and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Adios, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Burn, baby, burn. Comic-Con Inferno. We don't have the rights for that. For that song. <laughs>